this road leads? Then hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. Hey, welcome to Profession Confession. Everybody, I'm your host, Gabe Noah. With me, as always, the floating head, Carmelicious. Yeah, did not think the wardrobe choice over today. That's we could right. change the lights, but yeah, it looks whatever. good. Yeah, no, it makes you pop. <laughs> um, but yeah, this week's episode, we've got... Um, and I realize we're talking visually for a podcast, <laughs> but uh, we're uh, we're working out a bunch of video stuff that we've got, and we're just psyched. You guys have heard us bitch and moan and whatever mm-hmm. about it for a long time, and the shit is f- fucking on finally. So um, m- definitely check out our YouTube. Uh, maybe not now, but uh, do it very just, shortly. Yeah. Facebook, um, all that stuff. So we're gonna start posting videos and. You know, we, we have a live stream that we're going to announce pretty soon that we're excited for. And um, so, yeah, check all that stuff out. But this week's episode, we have mm-hmm. got uh, the great attorney, uh, Michael Bryant. Yes. And, uh, yeah, th- this was an episode that I really, like, truly, I was excited about it when we got it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in law stuff. I realize that that could be really interesting. But I, I really love this one. I, th- I thought it was it yeah. was very interesting. He was, and I tried to give him shit right away as being like an ambulance chaser and a scumbag because he's right. a personal injury. Personal injury. Yeah, it's yep. just, you know, like it's hack, but it's also true. I thought, fucking guy, I'm going to give my official 16 diamond Gabe Noah endorsement and wow. rating. Yeah, 16 diamond. That's, Highest one I've ever since, given. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had something this impressive. Yeah, and uh, no, he is a genuinely, like I really believe, uh, I don't think he'd dupe me, but uh, is like a genuinely uh, great guy and, and uh, I hope I get hurt in the future so I can use him, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to profit from that. Right. Yeah, so that would be great. Um, I don't... I don't know. This is just a good good episode. Tons of info. Enjoy it. Um, anything else? What am I missing? Um, Patreon. Uh, Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. Patreon.com. Thanks to everyone who came out in Duluth and uh, also in Minneapolis before that. Um, it was really nice because I did not promote it for shit. So to still have listeners show up and stuff was really great. Um, it'd be really cool if I could name drop the people that I actually met and talked to. Mm-hmm. That would make me seem like a non-narcissistic human being. Yep. Can't but do you it. can't do it, no? Can't do it. Can't muster it. Thanks, Greg and Stacy, for showing some support, no? <sighs> I don't even know if they're a man and woman. <laughs> just, <laughs> I was a, just waiting to talk. such a wave of yeah. <laughs> fans that came out. Um, but no, had had great time. We're, uh, we, we're really... Oh, this is the official announcement. I'm no longer working oh, in wow. the furniture industry. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. So really donate to that Patreon. Please page. donate to the Patreon. <laughs> I, I'm going to post pictures of my children, um, and I'll still even promise that none of this money will go to them. It's all yeah. going back into the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I also want the money using their cuteness just to, I don't know, to yeah, incite some giving. Them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, check all that out. We're psyched. 
Um, we're going full time next week. We have another great episode. We have a, a funeral director episode coming up, mm-hmm. which we probably would have dropped this week because it's a great episode as well. But Morgan funeral back to back just seemed uh, yeah it seemed a little redundant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, sprinkling a stripper or something in there. Yeah, and yeah, which Michael Bryant does on the side. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, him personally. Absolutely. So uh, enjoy the episode. If you get hurt. Um, and you want to sue someone, use Michael Bryant, attorney at law. He's not paying me to say this. Nope. He was not slight, sleazy about it at all. Um, so, yeah. And this, is, and this is his partner, too, that Brad Sean Bryant. Brad is Sean the, Bryant. This is their attorney yeah. law firm. But Brad Sean freaking no-showed us again. Yeah, Brad Sean, what no. an asshole. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't, so, uh, don't work with Brad Sean. Right, Just exactly. Go Just go Michael right Bryant. to Bryant. Uh, but yeah, so thanks, guys, for all the support. And uh, check us out on Facebook and all that stuff. Enjoy the episode. episode of profession confession a part of the problem personal injury attorney probably a rich guy (laughs) attorney michael bryan is with us thank you very much michael for joining the show it's great to be here Ah, thank you very much and uh joining us uh as as always no, Recently. I'm not making that commitment to you <laughs> ever. I'm not ride or die. It's Brittany, Brittany <laughs> Arneson. Hello. Brittany Hello. Arneson is here. Great so to thank be you here. very much. Thank and you. I was really excited to get this episode. First of all, um, what did you get on your LSAT? Uh, I have no idea. I, I don't know. I passed it. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> I took a practice test, got a 160. But anyway, um, but uh, now I'm a comedian and... Uh, Missing a tooth. Anyway, so I was excited because I was, I was, was missing a tooth two weeks. Yeah, it just cracked. I I wanted to say I was a meth head because that would have been cool. Uh, just lean into it. Yeah, totally. I'm thinking about starting. Why not? Uh, yeah, it's fucking. Yeah. Did you get the thing drilled into your like the full on post? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I'm doing right now. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun. No. You'd think if you're a dentist, you make that fun. That would be uh, you'd that make would, a million. Yeah. Oh, I true. hate dentist stuff. So right off the gate right out of the gate the main thing that i wanted to ask you more than anything is probably i want to give you an opportunity to talk shit about millivitz gallop and millivitz what do you <laughs> you know they're a firm they're out there they you know they do what they do um ambulance we chasers them, we, run <clears throat> but them, we run into them every once in a while um on cases that they've uh, you know i mean the the competition <laughs> in personal injury business is right off the bat um usually once a client signed up there's very little movement by clients yeah not a lawyer so so it's it's an initial thing and you know i'm shocked you even answered the question i was just joking but i love it uh (laughs) but yeah i always said that if i ever needed a lawyer i would have hired uh jack prescott oh okay yeah remember him just for his ads oh yeah the ads Mm -hmm. he'd say um, I'm Jack Jack Prescott I'm, and and I'm good at her. He does bankruptcy. He yeah, says bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is all I do, and, and I, I, I do, do it well. well. I do yeah, it well. that's just, what it is. Yeah, you can't beat Michael Bryan. So, <laughs> what are you know it just taking chances Oh my God! Yes. And it'll get in your head while you run, and you'll just go. Mm. Brad, John, and Brian. 
the guy that wrote it, um, it plays for, is it, um, he plays for the, uh, is it the famous armadillos? I think it's famous armadillos. And sometimes at concerts, he'll go, I got a little ditty that I wrote, and he'll play oh, our, really? our jingle. It's and probably his most famous, to be honest. Were you a fan of the band before? Like, I mean, no, is that how I had you, never no. met the guy. I didn't want a jingle. I had no idea. And they had them, the, our radio people got a jingle, and I liked it. And, yeah. But uh, I'll run into judges or other lawyers like, I was at a concert last night, and they were singing your jingle. <laughs> so, it's yeah. addicting. Greatest, greatest tweet I ever freaking got. Friday night, I'm camping. This is many years ago. I'm camping. I get this tweet. They tweeted to BB Law. I look it up. Somebody had fallen off a stool in north northeast uh, Minneapolis someplace, and people in the bar started singing the jingle. Oh, that was see, the tweet. That's see, actually awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, it's one of those that's like, wow, this is really pretty freaking cool. I yeah. mean, you can't ever replace it. I mean, I want you to have a remix because I feel like I could write it at this point, but you can't. That actually be a really funny commercial like series to run with because yours is you know you're not as famous as like a cars for kids mm-hmm. or 1800 <laughs> i don't know that, his gets in my head worse than the cars for kids no. everyone hates the cars that for was kids. the worst commercial and, of all time that is I, like an earworm i don't know that i don't is, know i have a way worse opinion than that about that that guy <laughs> singing with it yeah. why would you as a grown man feel the need to put your voice on a child song like that like he's like no, okay son, you guys I've go got on this. and then yeah one cars for kids it's like i think daddy can take care of it from here that dude the you know how the, your radio scrolls with like yeah. letters as it mine just says it just says pedophile <laughs> where so, are the children yeah, oh, where yeah, have i'm the not children trying to make gone? any accusations but yeah it's just I'm just telling you what I read. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Your, your radio would also say allegedly. There's no crime other than a pedophile where allegedly is just as bad as fucking convicted. Doesn't yep. matter. Yeah. Doesn't absolutely. matter. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you've been a personal injury attorney for um, how many years? I, I uh, became an attorney in 1991. I worked for a personal injury uh, firm three years while I went to law school at night. So I was a night student and I worked during the day and did personal injury. So I've done personal injury since about 88. So I've probably been doing it, what, uh, oh, geez, a long time. 30 you, something years, 31 years. You were going know. to law school at night. I went to William Mitchell at night. I went through the four year program in three years. So, wow. If you went to a that shitty college, that's on the way crazy. Through school. Yeah. yeah, if you went to a shitty law school, would you have said the name right there as you just no, did? I, you know, William Mitchell is no. A, it's a good law school. It's it, it's, a, it's a very practical law school. You know, okay. it doesn't. It's not meant to be like the U where you're going to be a professor or Hamlin where you're going to be I don't know nice or whatever. I've always are. heard. Yeah, but uh, I almost played baseball there. And William and Mitchell now, so they're fabulous. Yeah, um, but William Mitchell is a very practical school. And okay. I went through, um, I won like every competition I, or I got in every competition I was in. I did real well um, in negotiation and trial team. I was on law review and that's what gave me the extra credits to get done so fast. Um, so I just beasted my way through school at night. Why? Okay. So what was I missing? So what were you doing at the, uh, in the daytime? I was working time? for Stephen Gross von Holtemans doing personal injury. Okay. So I was a law clerk Okay, and I was doing personal injury full time during the clerk. day and then going at night and going to school. So right. I was not a lawyer at personal injury. Yeah. I wasn't like, you know, acting like a lawyer. Even right. Right. <laughs> right. We're, so how long, you know, for me as a comic, I knew I wanted to be a comic since I was seven. What was your 
you know. Well, it, it's kind of a twisted deal because uh, as a freshman, my girlfriend went to um, went to pre-law uh, meeting, and I went along because I at that point thought I was going to play hockey or do something. Yeah, else. yeah. And then I worked on campaigns. I worked on a presidential campaign right out of college. And Which one? I worked for uh, Dick Gephardt. I okay. ran a whole bunch of Iowa. I ran part of Michigan. I ran part of Minnesota. And all of my friends went to Dukakis, and I hated Mike Dukakis. Still do. Will always hate Mike Dukakis. Really? And so instead of going with Suck Dukakis, it. now I want to know why you hate Dukakis. Um, so instead of uh, instead of going with Dukakis, I went to law school. Okay. Um, and all my friends went from Dukakis to Clinton, and ended up in the White House. So like I knew, uh, I, well, I met Stephanopoulos. I spent time with Carville. All the people really? that ended up working with him were people that I worked with uh, with Gephardt. And um, I just got to law school. And then once I got out of law school, um, I uh, Vin Weber was in the second district down in southern Minnesota. He got in the, the check writing scandal. Okay. And so I was going to run for Congress. And my dad's like, well, but you told Mr. Bradshaw you would be there for five years. And mm -hmm. I was like, Dad, right? <laughs> and I listened to my dad, and then next, you know, right. my office grew, and now I got twenty three employees, and it's kind of yeah. hard to just walk out on them and go do right. something else. So that's my story so on becoming a lawyer. Yeah. So it's kind dad, of dad. My word's not good. Yeah, dad. <laughs> dad, dad no, that ever mattered. What? Um, so okay, so uh, Brad. Ch so sorry, I'm just scrambled because of Gephardt. I, no, I still I am picturing Gephardt. All I, I actually know who that is. Mm -hmm. um, how old were you when you were running campaigns for Iowa and all well, that stuff? Well, uh, I was out of college, so that would have been in that would have been. In, I graduated in '86, so I would have been 22, I guess. Yeah, okay, I would have been 22. 22 years yeah, old, was, and you were running campaigns. Well, I was I was running parts of states, so I was okay. involved in like part of Michigan. I ran part of Minnesota. I ran part of Iowa, um, and I was a weird combination because I had worked as a PAC director for a congressional candidate, okay. and so I was a combination of someone who could raise money and do field work so i'd raise money and there's this uh speech that dick gave down in uh, iowa where this little girl's sitting up in the hay with a cat that's yeah my deal oh, I'm really like, let's put a little girl with a cat up you there. planted that, that? you planted a cat <laughs> that's you're so my hero greasy. i love it cat while he speaks that was cool. i can't even tell you my know? cat to stay like in the one room i can't imagine telling him to like you're well, a you're a magic i know but know, still so. why don't you just have someone run in and like try to snatch an old lady's purse <laughs> and then get her and come in and just tank him in the face. I always had dreams of you, you get with like a Washington Post or a New York Times reporter, and you drive down the wall, driving down the road. You have somebody with a, with a flat tire, and you stop. And yeah. you get out and you help them with the flat totally. tire. Yes. See, that's that's you know. Oh, so just scandal. I've been given shit in my life for being manipulative, and uh, I know the, the cat you make me and uncomfortable. Girl. That's I know. Like that is. You know, people well. give you like. Will say that they'll go like, "Oh, you're so manipulative or scheming," and it's like, I can't help that I can see <laughs> shit that would work. Yeah. You know, like, I, like yeah. really. Um, but yeah, so okay, personal injury, just personal injury, sort of by by chance, it essentially, because that's did, what you started at, as a clerk. Stephen Gross von Holtum, and I was working on you know personal injury car accident cases, and then when I joined John Bradshaw, he had uh, a practice that represented a lot of motorcycle riders, mm -hmm. and every once in a while, they get in trouble with the police. I don't know why, huh. but I started doing criminal, and I did a lot of criminal work for a while. Um, I got an opportunity to do a murder case, and did did uh, did got it got to stand there with a bag of meth in my hand, and <gasps> yeah, it was part of a case. Now, oh. and we've represented a lot of motorcycle riders over time um and it's amazing i mean there's some there's some really really good i mean 
awesome people that I represented. For uh, sure. There were Sons of Silence or, you know, different groups that were just amazing as far as it goes. And so, you know, it's, it's, lots of times they're like other people too. And oh. it was funny, I was going to a Vikings game and uh, I'm with like guys from, you know, Minneapolis and stuff. And suddenly these like, you know, giant guys with bald heads are like, hey, Mike, how you doing? And it's like, yeah, you yeah. know those people. It's like, <laughs> right. you know, I just know them, you know? It is interesting <laughs> to be aware of, because you know, so I'm one. Of, I'm a type of person who does blend between different groups very well, typically. But then you'll be with your friends, and it might be more pronounced, or like, oh, I'm a very gentle white guy. <laughs> and then to see people like that, where you're like, oh, we're very different fucking people, like in a significant way. Yeah. Um, do you get a kick out of that? Like, I mean, do you kind of get a charge out of having? It's, I like that's not part of the I job like for you. Representing people, um, I you know, I've gotten over the oh my god, I'm representing. You know, yeah. so and so. Um, Did you have that at a point? Probably real early. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In the beginning, it was like, oh my god, it's all yeah. first time. Like we used to, uh, we used to go to. A, um, they don't have. I don't know if they have it anymore, but I used to go to the uh, swap meet up mm-hmm. in, in St. Cloud, and so the different groups would come through, and their different different patches and different things and stuff. And for a little while, it was kind of cool to like. See yeah. Certain, but overall, it just they're like people with problems and you're dealing with their problems and they don't need you to get any more excited than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Just like sometimes, you know, uh, I get in some circumstance where people get excited about me. It's like, are you kidding me? Really? Sure. You know, I I know. I can't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Has there ever been a situation or a case that you worked on harder than it, than any other where you went like, I, I don't know where something inside you made you. Well, I just tried a death case up in Moorhead, uh, a personal injury death case for two boys that were killed. And I really, really spent a lot of time on that case. Um, I have been involved in the survivor case that was in St. Paul uh, that we had against Duluth. Um, just was on a uh, children's theater case where we worked for oh. months. I missed, I missed tons of time working on it. So it, it just depends. I mean, you put in to cases. I mean, I'm always thinking about cases. Yeah. So even like when I'll do a no-fault arbitration that lasts an hour, I'll be thinking about it and coming up with stuff all the time. Um, I like doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, there's times I probably work harder on this versus that, but it sure. Just a, Anything. It, all gets, sorts of things. Right. Right. Know? My favorite. The, my favorite. Ca- one of my favorite cases I ever had um, involved a. Uh, I never even got paid anything on the case and stuff, and it involved a, a, a young woman who had a brain injury, and uh, she was only she only could use the the alligator brain, which is primarily yeah, yeah. food and sex and yep. and yeah. sleep. Is That's your the only one I use too. And yeah. <laughs> some people do, um, but she was in a in a place down south that cost the state a lot or was costing health insurance a lot of money to keep her there and she ran out of health insurance and the state was going to have to pay for it and they were going to move her up to a place here in minnesota with 17 guys they were all all mental all uh, brain injured also and uh i went to court and kept her out of that place and got the state to pay for a month until they got into her foster home and that's probably one of the biggest best i mean for yeah, our yeah. purposes yeah i know i kept that girl from oh being, my you know, god used, yes you know? absolutely so, you know, no he's had like freddy krueger type thoughts mm-hmm. and you know that kind of thing so, yeah that's yeah te- that's you know. terrifying do you believe so you know you're you're really kind of seeing you know, I wish I would have known the personal injury thing more because I think it's really fascinating, actually, like the more I'm thinking about it now. But um, has there ever you're seeing a lot of like, in a way, corporate depravity and stuff like that, sometimes I would imagine do. sometimes yeah, like, sometimes I mean, you do, do yeah. you view has it made you more cynical or more 
I don't know. Optimistic? Either one, I guess. I, I, both. I mean, you when you – I had a press conference on a survivor case um, a couple weeks ago, and one of the things – Survivor report, is, uh, a, is a, an abuse. Sexually abused yep. by, she was sexually abused by a priest. Okay. And um, one of the reporters asked my client, you know, why now? Why have you gone forward? And when she looked at me and said, you know, the reason why I came forward now is because he believed me. You know, mm -hmm. Michael believed me. Oh it was like, God. you know, it's kind of oh, this yeah. combination of really cool mm -hmm. and also really scary. Yeah. yeah. So yes. you get both. Yeah. Is the They're best putting... way to answer. There's some things that you're like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And then other side, it's so cool because you yeah. get to be part of it. You well, know? you make you actually make a difference. You hope. I yeah. mean, sometimes you wonder, you know, I, yeah. I, I used That's to go through campaign right. stuff. Yeah. So I used to go through campaign uh, things thinking, you know, I wanted to run for Congress. So I wanted to run for things. And you wonder, you know, could I have done a lot more by helping more people? But then sometimes when you help one person and you, you know, they come back to you later on and they say you helped them. That's really cool, too. If so. most people looked at it that way, just like help the person around you, we'd be in a lot better. Oh, shape yeah. Than, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what what. Um, has there ever been, is there one that sticks in your craw as far as like, God damn it, I wish I would have won that one? When, is it like, when yeah. I uh, went into uh, certified trial lawyers, you have to qualify by having so many trials. And I went at the highest level, so I had over 100 trials. And I was going through my trials. A lot of the wins, I can't remember. Like, I kind of remember. Yeah, yeah. But mm -hmm. almost every, there's there's times. There's a case that I lost in, like, 93 that mm -hmm. I sometimes still retry in my oh. head. Yeah. So, like, the losses, I I still, yeah, I was yeah. a hockey player. I'm a win-loss guy. And so there's times that I just, like, sit and rethink losses and think, could I have done this? Could I have done that? So, yeah, there's things like that. that Is there one from. where you go, like, like, where you heard the verdict and you're like, are you fucking kidding? Like, I mean, more than more than others. Well, not we, one where you wanted to burst out. Or we whatever. had a murder case that we did up in Alexandria that the guy was was convicted, and then Innocent Project came in and he got him out of prison. What? And I still, wow. to this day, still it, it. I mean, that morning I remember walking in the court party going, well, this won't take very long because because I knew we had won that yeah. and then later on there's a questionnaire that came out from one of the jurors that said i wonder what the expert would have said about this well that sounds like reasonable doubt to me but yeah you know, yeah and but it was it was it was a tough case and and so that was one that was horrible watching that guy get cuffed and go to prison and uh, and, we did and everything you we knew he was innocent you well, had no I doubt completely believed he yeah was yeah completely yeah. believed you know i mean it, it, it on the criminal side it's kind of fun, uh, weird the hardest people to represent are people you absolutely believe did not do it. I represented this guy who uh, who um, was charged with beating up his girlfriend in a bar. And what had happened was she, the girlfriend always bugged this guy, and one of his friends beat her up. And it was a woman that beat her up. Hold on. So, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. So she, she – <laughs> She, Just say that again. She bugged him. She bugged and him. His buddy. And one of his buddies, this other woman, got mad and beat the sh oh. sh crap out of her. And the way she beat her, the 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 bouncer was like, "That's got to be a dude," <laughs> and ended up being this woman. And she even came to court and said, "I did it." And there's never any question about her doing it and stuff. And that was a scary trial because I absolutely believe my guy never touched her, never did anything, you know. And those trials are scary. Where I've done a couple. I did a DUI. It was his fifth DUI trial. That was fun. All I did was you know create. Havoc, havoc in the courtroom. Really? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I had the cop on the stand. I'm like, you went to breakfast with the prosecutor. Right? You know? Right? I love it. I think that's... For people at home. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you are a believer. So there's uh, right now in the news, you have um, Alan 
Dershowitz right now is getting a lot of heat, you know, for representing Epstein, yep. and I'm obsessed with that case. Like, I just, if the shit that they're saying is true, oh. then I have to reframe my beliefs as far as like conspiracies yeah. and all that. Like, it's like, oh, I guess there are more conspiracies than I thought were possible. Mm. Um, but anyway, so he has a big thing about just, you know, you just, it's an amoral job, you know, like your job is to be a. Dershowitz, the, the, one of the greatest lines I ever heard from Dershowitz, and he had a lot of really good ones, but one of my favorite lines ever was someone called him to ask him if he thought O.J. Simpson had done it when he first the first news came out, when O.J. Simpson mm -hmm. went away from the car. Before he's involved in the case, did you think O.J. did it? And he goes, the only people who didn't think he did it were the three cops that went over the wall. <laughs> Which, you know, <laughs> right. Herman claims he went over to save him, not yeah, yeah. he did it. You yeah. Know? And so, you know, that was a great line. But, yeah. In criminal, lots of times, all you're doing is you're making the state follow the rules. Yeah. You know, Dershowitz representing somebody in Russia. Uh, he has a book called, I think it's either Five Trials or Seven Trials. It's an amazing book. One of his trials was in Russia. And basically, you start off, you're guilty. And mm -hmm. let's see if you can get off. You know, okay. and that's the way it starts. And that convinced him that in our system, you have to make sure our rules get followed. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, John John Adams, the uh, president, John Adams, yeah. third president, uh, coolest thing he ever did was he represented the British soldiers from the Boston Massacre. People really? thought it was insane. Because why I've would never you? Even heard of that. Why would you represent you know the soldiers? Yeah. But he's like, if you believe in what we believe in, if you yeah. believe in our constitution, you have to do that. Yeah. His closing lasted one whole day. I have no idea wow. what I talk about for one whole day. It's like Gotta you know, I'm pulling out the filibuster. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me read today's headlines. Let me do the traffic. Yeah, no, you're welcome. <laughs> yes, yeah, mine's pretty quick though. <laughs> what? What? Um, okay, so with personal injury stuff. Mm -hmm. I, so I have a very unfair um, perspective of, of people who, who seek personal injury sure. attorney. Like, you know, I generally, just because the people I've seen in my life who have gotten large settlements <laughs> have generally been the type of people who spent it all on Domino's pizza mm -hmm. and candy. Um, but what do you, do you see a lot of people come in where you go like, okay, you, just where you think they're faking? No. I, no? I, I, I Never don't think I would represent somebody. If I thought somebody was faking, I wouldn't represent them. I put money really? into a case. I only get paid if right, I get money. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. I put money into a case. So anybody yeah. who comes to the office, nobody's ever come with money attached to them. So they come in. I spend money on them right away. Mm -hmm. So I got to believe I'm going to make money back. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not into just, I might as well go on the street and burn it. You yeah, know? yeah. So, so I don't represent people that I don't think are, you know. How often do you turn someone away? Oh, I turn a lot of cases away. Yeah. And I turn them away because, one, they don't have a case, or two, the law won't let me bring a case because of whatever reason, or it just sometimes doesn't click. You know, I'll tell them sometimes it doesn't click. But I'll spend a lot of time on the phone with people um, and talking to them. It's always fun when you spend I, – I, one night I spent about 20 minutes in a hailstorm outside Cub Food in St. Louis Park, giving some guy advice about a slip and fall. And at the end, I was like, under the law, you don't have a case because it was an ongoing weather event. And he starts screaming at me that I wasn't really just for the injured. It's like, I've been on the phone with you for 20 right. minutes yeah. in a hailstorm in the dark. Yeah, yeah. You know? So they just don't like the answers. Yeah, so much. yeah. But um, the, the, so I take cases, I get paid from cases. So, so like we're some of the best protectors against fake 
cases because yeah. we want money. We yeah. want to get paid. I want to get paid for what I do. So that's the first thing. Second thing, insurance companies have spent so much money on convincing people that there's all this fraud out there. Mm -hmm. The best example of all of them is the McDonald's case. Yes, okay? the coffee. Yeah. After they settled that case, they spent time. They settled it on a, on a confidentiality clause so no one could ever talk to Stella. Okay, no one was able to talk to her. And then they went crazy with Dear Abby and Ann Landers putting out that this was a fake case. Part of the reason was because the tobacco companies, okay, knew that their cases were coming up and they wanted to convince jurors that everybody's a fraud. So suddenly I was going in front of all these people that were like, oh, well, the McDonald's case and you're going to get a billion dollars. Plus, I give all my money to Hillary Clinton. So don't give money to me because I'll give it to Hillary Clinton. And <laughs> it's crazy. You know, Ronald Reagan, I watched a speech from Ronald Reagan. It was to the AMA. Okay, mm -hmm. American Medical, Medical Association. Yeah. Um, and um, not a word about tort reform. Nothing mm -hmm. at all. Nobody's worried about it. He had Republican uh, trial lawyers. Everything was fine. And then suddenly Karl Rove and George Bush figured out they could make a lot of money off the tobacco companies by attacking us. So if you go back to uh, George Bush first, uh, you go back to his State of the Union speeches. He talked more about trial lawyers than he did terrorists. Really? Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's been figured out. And what's scary about all this is when you go down that thing, you know, the Bill of Rights, and you look at all the constitutional and all the amendments, and everybody goes crazy about the guns and yeah, rights yeah. That we have. Seventh Amendment is pretty damn clear. It says you can't abridge civil trials. Okay? okay. So if you read anything into the other ones, mm -hmm. and you get to that one that's pretty clear, and yes, yeah. they all stop. You right. Know, all these. Crazy people that stand on the Constitution stop at that one. Yeah. And for some reason come up with tort reform because we give all our money to Clinton and <laughs> they'll take it and give it to Epstein and then we'll buy boats and who knows. What? So what? what is the most common uh, injustice out there that you see? The most common injustice is people not knowing their rights. Um, there are insurance companies that hire adjusters that their only job is to get to people before they get to a lawyer yeah they know they save money mm -hmm. so like college students up in st cloud they'll as soon as they get into a car accident boom they're right in there here's 500 bucks here's a thousand bucks and they do this thing on no fault which is to pay your medical bills which mm -hmm. if you're injured in a car accident you should use your no fault and get care if you're having problems with a car accident mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I did. Oh, really? yeah. I did. I did. That was, and that's why, like, I don't I, know that she did. That's no, why I did 100. percent And I, um, I, I was very thankful. And what I, happened? So, like, so take I, it from, oh, so yeah. I, um, I was I'm not sure stopped. I, understand that. I was stopped at a red light in my Nissan Juke, very sexy car, and a lady just hit me dead on, going about 30 miles per hour, and like. I it was, it was just one of those things where I didn't think I was even hurt at first, so I was like, oh, okay, and so we. Switch insurance and I lived my life and I wake up the next morning, my whole right shoulder. And I like don't have, I've, this is like the first time in my life I've had like an ache and pain that yeah. wasn't exactly from weightlifting or exactly from like running a long distance. So I was really like thrown off. And so of course I'm like texting Michael Bryant, like, um, I think I got hit. I think I got hit by a car. Yeah. So I met with him and no, I was really lucky. I use, and I, I'm, if I went ahead, um, Mike, I would have been so lost because I didn't even know I could use my own. They definitely called me right away and they threw like they're like we can give you like three hundred dollars um the other person's insurance is like we can give you three hundred dollars for the internet i'm like well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna wait because i have no idea what's going on yeah so, um i went to the i went to the chiropractor for like i think five months off them but then and i was lucky to have i'm lucky to have the va because i can still go get care because there's still something going on but um 
they what they do is they're like, okay, well, you've been using our care a long time. We need you to see our doctor. We need you to see our doctor to see that like, everything is on the up and up. And even when I went there, I looked at the – it was, like, in an uh, office building that felt like there shouldn't be a doctor here. Yeah. I looked at this guy's shoes. They're way too nice. Like, yeah. the guy who was whatever. He was, like, going through the motions or whatever. And then he's asking – he's like, well, have you quit working out? And I was like, no, I for a while I did because I was, like, cosmetic. <laughs> he goes, you've probably lost a lot of strength in there. Um and he goes, he's like, so I see you're in radio. Huh, what's that like? I was like, oh, yeah, a lot of people have a lot of big egos, kind of like doctors. Yeah. And he, like, looks up from his sheet, and he was so mad at me. And then, like, you know, he was like, next thing I know, they call, they say, Your, our doctor has cleared you completely. I mean, he, like, touched me, like, three times on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they said, no more no more care at all. And if I wouldn't have the VA, I'd be in a lot of trouble. But I kind of had that, like, and I wasn't. I was like, all right, I can always go, and I'm getting um, an MRI on my shoulder and stuff like that. But without that, I would have been screwed. And so I ended up getting, um, a, I think I got $2,000 from their insurance, and I just put it towards moving because we were moving at the time, and my mm-hmm. everything was hurting, so I just did that, and that's what I did. I know, yeah. and I, I know it was one of those things that I was really lucky to have the health care I did, and if I didn't, I totally would have had to go this route because there's no other way I could have paid for the things that I need. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, so I'll never... she jumped over about two or three of rights that she still has, and with the MRI, uh, so but, yeah, but that's the biggest thing that I see is that people don't uh, understand their rights, and they get insurance companies take advantage of them. Is there something that the Bush administration did that pisses you off as far as the like with the tort reform? Is well, there something that you used to you know get people um, compensated it, it, for that? Be, it, it's not well they. they Yes and no. Um, there's some things that they did um, for the railroad companies that that made it like impossible to bring cases at times. Um, there's a continuous fight that's gone on in tort reform, which is to change the law um, that has continued on to this day and getting worse at times. Um, and also, the thing I feel bad about is you go back to when I started. There was Republicans or Democrat trial lawyers that, like anything else. And now I think they've pushed a lot of people away because of that position. Because if you, if you change some of the laws, you take our jobs away. Completely. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like just voting with your feet because mm-hmm. it's your job that's involved. And the the funny thing was when they were attacking med mal, uh, medical malpractice lawyers, mm-hmm. and they were trying to make changes in med mal, a bunch of uh, lawyers I was talking to were like, "Well, I don't do med mal. Why do I care?" It's like, "Well, okay, let's do the math." Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. Can These guys can't coming? do medical yeah. mal. Okay. Yeah. What do they do? Go away? No. They no. look at your cases. Yeah. Then you start looking at these cases. Yeah. Then you start looking at that chain like effect. Yeah. reaction. So, Absolutely. You know, so those are the things that changes that happen that, uh, I don't know, there was no reason for other than people were raising money off it. Yeah. Can you talk about, um, I know we've talked a good amount about some of the priest case stuff. Is that okay? Oh, sure. Yeah, um, you have to tell Gabe about the story about the guy with his little... His little schedule notebook that you you were he was you oh the trial up in Duluth yes. yeah so so I was able to try it's it's probably one of the only trials that there's been in the country of where a priest has sued a survivor okay wow after after <laughs> what a claim, ballsy the the, the, the wow. priest uh, sued the survivor and so I tried the case representing the survivor and it's in the court of appeals right now. Um, but one of the things that was kind of interesting was during the trial, okay, it was a week-long trial up in Duluth. During the trial, his uncle, okay, who was a priest up in um, up in Duluth, um, who grew up in Proctor, Minnesota, got on the stand, okay, and I wasn't allowed to depose him because he was part of the bankruptcy, okay. so I wasn't allowed to 
to do that. But he gets on the stand. He had an Irish brogue, which I don't know where he got the Irish brogue in Proctor, Minnesota. But, uh-huh. you know, comes up with an Irish brogue. But he tries to sleeper me. Okay, I don't know if you watch sleepers. Yeah. But in sleepers, De Niro's the priest in, in sleepers. And he gets on the stand, and he's like, they couldn't have done this because they were with me at the Yankee game. And then he pulls out the Yankee tickets that showed that they were at the game. So so his his uncle gets on the stand, and his uncle uh, is going along. He goes, well, he couldn't have done this because – I have my personal calendar that shows he did not have access to my <laughs> to my um, to my uh, uh, um, to, to my church during the time period that this happened. The rectory during the time period it happened. So I asked the judge for a chance to look at his personal calendar. He's like, he could not look at my personal calendar. And the judge's like, no, nah, I think he can. Yeah, so you dur- it, you're the one who brought it up. So during a break, I went up and and uh, looked at his personal calendar. And the way it was was he was sitting on the stand. They they sent the jury in back. He's sitting on the stand. The plaintiff lawyers and i have, always have a problem calling it plaintiff but it was the plaintiff lawyer because i was the defense lawyer right. was looking over my shoulder and i'm going through the calendar okay and i'm looking at the calendar and the guy was like in the boundary waters for a week he was he has this retreat he does with other priests once a month and he's been doing it for like 20 years and it's there and stuff and he had all these things that he was gone on um the other thing that was funny about it that i think i told you yeah. about also was uh, there's a, a famous name up in Duluth. Uh, I won't go too deep into this, but there's a famous name up in Duluth that's been one of the information people at the bathhouses up in Duluth. And this guy was having dinner with a guy by the same name. And it's a different enough name, okay, okay. That, that it's not like, you know, Bob or Joe or Yeah, yeah, or yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm looking through the guy's calendar, and I see he's having dinner with this name. Okay, and so I don't know whether it's this guy or not, and yeah. he's sitting there staring at me. And the vents, the plaintiff lawyer has no idea what I'm doing. But I look at this name and I write it down on my pad, and I give him the Larry David look as I write it down. Uh huh. I'm never gonna ask because no. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But then I got back. Uh, we took the break, and I got back, and I just went through his calendar. It's like you were gone this week. You were gone this week. You were gone this week. Um. This you take a week off every month, and you've been doing that for years. And your nephew doesn't know when you're gone. Oh no, he doesn't know at all. <laughs> you know. So, uh-huh. so that was the that was the fun little time I had in the courtroom. What what? It, so I guess I'm missing how you prove that that was wrong. I guess in 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 that story. Well, you're saying because he's tried to say that his calendar showed that it's the the basis of the case was. Our client claimed that he was abused in the rectory, the yes. uncle's rectory. And so the, the the priest was basically saying it couldn't have happened because according to my personal calendar, he never had access to my personal rec- rectory during that time. Oh, period. okay. So I was able to show right. through his calendar. The guy right. was gone. It's like, monthly. That summer, yeah, right. He was, I gone. Gotcha. he was gone like eight weeks out of the 16 I thought he weeks. Was, I thought you were trying to say he lied. Like that's what I was, and like how, as if he made a fake And how one, ballsy yeah. is that too that like, you could have literally just bought a plan, a new planner, oh, yeah, yeah. and been like, "That's why." That's why I thought one hundred percent what he was driving. And he literally at. Nope. just no, and he literally had this planner full of these giant holes in it. And it was like, did he not think that they yeah. were going to check? And that writing that name down, where you could possibly see him write it down, and just making him sweat inside. I was like, dying. What you? What um, of all the things like that? I guess so. When you're trying trying a case, and something gets thrown thrown in like that, where it's just. Um, um, especially like a lie, because that's what I was thinking with that one first. Do you encounter that a lot where someone's just trying to flat out like just, you know, no, that's impossible because my best friend Nick, he says that I was with him on that day or whatever. Every once in a while you'll have that, especially when you're you're doing uh, 
a deposition of experts. Sometimes, I mean, they're, these experts are a lot smarter than I am. They're smarter as doctors or smarter as engineers. And if they come up with a story that sounds plausible, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. fighting over my and, and, and uh, you know, my background as far as a family goes. I can't yeah. say that word. White, uh, and, and, Ancestry? Ancestry. Ancestry. There's the word. I'm never the one who has the He's word. He's the smartest guy I've ever seen struggle with that word. No. <laughs> well, I, I can't say. I'm one of the few personal injury lawyers that can't really say accident without like like really thinking, thinking about, about it? it i grew up with a stutter so i have all kinds of I like have... believe me i know what it's like to think of words before like oh shit that word <laughs> i was uh what i would always have trouble with is specific i'd have to really specific really yeah. whatever and then i was so always scared when i had to say roof mm-hmm. at kq because tom would be like did you say roof Woof. did you just say roof because he's like it's rough it's not roof you know, I'd have like a panic attack seeing it. Like, oh. I remember working for Gephardt and being out in rural Minnesota. Rural, that's rural. a hard one. That's rural is hard. You know, maybe when you get it right, you sound stupid. You sound like you got a mouthful of acorns, like rural. I got to ask you about the politics thing sure. that, uh, that you brought up there because you said that Bush figured out there's a lot of money to be made yeah. with that. Is that in terms of just through the lobby and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. They get to skim a shitload of money well, off that, or how do they do cigarette, it? Cigarette uh, people are putting tons of money into tort reform because okay. they wanted to stop the cases against them. And, uh, you know, every once in a while you'll have people, like at one point McDonald's was was getting legislatures across the country to pass bills against, um, you know, people getting fat bills they, by eating at McDonald's. And you look at these bills and it's like, why does McDonald's so badly want to get immunity? I mean, yeah, that always it's like weird. It's yeah, like, it is you weird. know, it's like me showing up and saying, just make it so I'm immune. Just, yeah, it's, it's funny okay. you say that. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's really interesting you say that, actually, because I think my default would be more to be like, a, you know, a more personal responsibility thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't get to sue because you're fat. You ate at fucking McDonald's. But yeah, that is well, odd. That I wouldn't they... take one of those cases. You know, somebody right. came in and says I'm fat because of McDonald's. I wouldn't yeah. take the case. Right. But when they really were pushing it, it's like, why does McDonald's? Yeah. Yeah. This? Why what? are they? What are they you so know? nervous about? <laughs> yeah. What's and, you know? Um, and I've heard this, I think, from you, but I don't know if you can talk on it. The um, the actual like what went down with the coffee thing, because I don't think people oh, really know what actually happened. There's a movie. There's a movie um about that that is unbelievable. I mean, when you when you look at um at the, the movie, uh, why am I blanking? I, I was about to say it earlier, um, but it's about the McDonald's coffee case, and it's, really? it's a great movie. Uh, documentary? Yeah, or it's a documentary oh, that fuck, was put I together. I loved it. I know. And yeah. it goes through what it was, because her, her burns were horrible. Her, okay. her burn, she had been burned like now horribly like in the vagina. This, actually, okay. And um, hot coffee is what it's called. Okay. And it's an amazing movie, but all they wanted was their bills paid. Okay? Yeah, they completely I, wanted I, I did. Paid. I watched on this. The yeah. jury, on that jury was this union guy. Okay, and the union guy gets there, and he's like, this is the stupidest case I've ever seen in my life. But when he started listening to it and what McDonald's was doing, and McDonald's had like 14 lawyers working on it. Yeah. So it's not like they just sat there and went, oh, let's yeah. see what horrible thing will happen. They yeah. fought this thing like crazy. At the end of it, the juries got pissed at them, and they made McDonald's pay her, what was it, three days coffee sales. That was it. They came up with that number because this is how much you make in three days selling yeah. coffee. That's the number. And then the courts kept cutting that number and cutting that number and cutting that number, and then they settled out for a lower number. But it, the number wasn't just out of the air. They didn't just make up the number. It was based upon yeah. coffee sales. How did they make that up? Or, I mean, 
they did not make it up. But I mean, how did they choose three days? They got you know? part of the testimony. They okay. just decided that's what they were going to do was pay was going to pay her this much. And because because McDonald's had decided they had made the decision that they wanted the coffee to be hot, like 14 miles away or mm -hmm. 15 minutes later. Yeah. So they didn't care how hot they made it. And yeah. if people and so when she got she got just horribly burned. I mean, it's just I've seen the pictures they have in the documentary. They're horrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, believe was, me, I've seen yeah, a lot of a lot burned vaginas. Yeah, so. Oh, have you? Oh. <laughs> can't can't swing an <laughs> yeah, arm yeah. without hitting a burned <laughs> vagina. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had a little wow. standards in yeah. uh, college, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what what uh, do juries always have that level of creativity over the award? Yeah, jurors. It's it's interesting. Even the goofiest jurors I've ever met really do try hard. I yeah. mean, they really truly do try hard. Um, yeah. I ended up trying a case of some, uh, for this young Somali guy in St. Cloud um, right after the stabbing in St. Cloud. I was going to ask so you it was, if it's it was that. Not we had a the good cop time. from the stabbing. Right. On that. Not a good time to to be trying a Somali case yeah. up there. But what had happened was the insurance company had offered less money at the mediation than their last offer. So my client showed oh. up at the mediation and paid a mediator nine hundred bucks, or I paid him nine hundred bucks, and they offered a thousand less. So it cost him nineteen hundred dollars yeah. to go to the mediation. Yeah. I'll show up and it'll cost me nineteen. So I got mad, and said I'm going to try it. We lost. I met um, this juror about mm, six, seven weeks later, coming out of a deposition in Roseville. Coming out, guy comes up to me, hey Mike Bryan, how you doing? And I'm like, you know, who are you? Yeah, and he yeah. says because I at first I thought it might be a client, and then it yeah. scared me because I'm like, uh, who is this? That's a, and, yeah. And That's I'm like, uh, you know, he goes, oh, I was on your jury, so I'm like, oh cool, what wow. jury? And he told me the jury, and I was like, oh, has it? Yeah. So I start talking to him. Do that often, you? Sometimes. Really? And so I start talking to this guy, and Shocks he me. tells me, I, I ask him, so what happened in the case? He goes, well, your guy didn't treat for, and all this is public, so I'm not yeah, yeah. telling you stories. Um, he goes, your guy didn't treat for a month, and we figured he wasn't hurt, so we decided that's why uh, we ended up with a zero. I said, yeah, okay, I get that. But he was found 40% at fault. And what had happened was he was stopped at a stop sign, and this older woman, I won't say old lady, uh -huh. this old lady comes around the car and <laughs> smashes into him. Uh -huh. okay? They found him 40% at fault. So I look at the guy, speedy delivery guy, and say, okay, now I got a question. You take that speedy delivery truck, point at the truck. You go to that stop sign, sit there. Old lady comes around the corner, smash into you. Is it your fault? Yeah. No, it's not my fault. Well, then why is it 40% my guy's fault? Yeah. He then tells me that these fine people on the jury have decided that since there was another Somali guy in the car, something must have been being planned inside the car. Okay. Oh my now, God. What's no. the coolest thing? I, I've told this story a number of times. The coolest thing I've ever heard was somebody goes, That's very Minnesotan. Because it's like it kind of the passive aggressive. It is. You Absolutely. think you're a terrorist, but not that much of like, a terrorist. Can I, mean, I please suspect something? <laughs> I mean, if you really believe he's a terrorist, 100%. Totally. Save yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Don't right. go. Totally. Sort of it. So, oh, I, and then later, if it was a terrorist, <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew it the whole time. Oh, my yeah. mom does that crap all the time. She'll like just not say anything like, later. Like, oh, I knew that the whole time. Like, why didn't you do something? We always talk about the 35W bridge co co uh, collapse, how just everyone, like, I drove on that. <laughs> that day. I was on it Five that day. minutes before. That day. Or I've heard people I go, threw up on I that the month, month before. Prior. Yeah, I know. It's like you can't find a Minnesotan who can't claim some. Being on that yeah. bridge. But, yeah. Um, so, so, you know, it's like, uh, and they tried. And then I asked him the question that I probably never should have asked. I said, so how did I do? And he said, oh, you did great. 
if you, if I get in a car accident, I'm going to call you because you yeah. are Oh, my great. God. You don't even so know. Like, that was your right. advertisement. But it's like as heard. horrible as the, it turned out, I could have said, Brittany, go on in. Just give her a shot because you can't do worse than yeah. the zero and 40%. <laughs> know. You know? Or I mean, really what they're the, saying you know, is like uh, – Oh no, you're great. I'm just racist. Yeah. You know, like, I'm just super I racist. Just, I can't get past my own faults. That's all. But you did awesome. Yeah. Good job. So, the Good job being white. Yeah. 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 Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about that being approached? You know, obviously, you've got to be in situations that are just awful from time to time where people have lost everything because of this injustice. Oh yeah. They're stringing it out through the court. You know, because I would imagine there's. I don't know. Is there any pressure on them to not move forward in their life in some way because oh. you want to get this resolved? In Minnesota, if someone dies mm-hmm. um, before their case is done, their case dies with them. There's some specials like medical bills and wage loss you can get. But if they die, they're done. And so there's examples of nursing home cases where the defense is just like, eh, we'll get to it because they may die. And if they die, the case is gone. How do they string a case out like that? Um, hearings, you know, setting depo- depositions way By late, saying, you know, yeah, we'll just to here, explain we'll for the there. layperson, like, like, what is that? Um, well, uh, depositions are uh, when you sit down get, and you ask questions, statement. you ask yeah. questions from them. Uh, interrogatories are questions that you send. You know, they have they bring just, motions to the court. They, there's all sorts of things. We need more info, essentially. You know, and set this it for trial definitely. in a year and a half because they're too busy with this or that. And, yeah. Have you ever gone to a defense attorney and said, like, hey, man, this is, you know, like, this is fucking disgusting? I, had, I don't know, you know. I had a client that was dying from something non-related to the accident, and um, I called up the defense and said, here, he's dying. You know, here's the deal. Let's just get it settled. I got him a little bit of money. And so, yeah, I've done that in circumstances. Yeah. Um, there's been situations where I've had clients die. And so, you know, I had one, the insurance company was about to pay the policy limits on his injuries, and then he died unrelated to the accident. And so I go to him and I say, here's the deal. I want to get some money to the widow to help with this, or the widower to help with this. And so I'll settle those cases for some amount versus just walking away from it, even though you kind of go like, Oh, that must be I I had a case where... Friday night, the guy, I talked to him about an offer. The guy's like, I'll think about it. And then Monday, his son called me and said, oh, he died over the weekend. Oh, God. And that was it. You know, it's like, oh. Do you know what this cost me? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> God, I'm joking. Let me hear your best dad impression, Yeah, yeah. Son. Oh, my God. Um, what is, oh, this is. How much money is in your checking account right now? <laughs> <laughs> this is like every time I go in front of a teenage class, that's uh-huh. one of the questions they ask. How much money do you make doing what you do? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, personal injury is not the place to make lots of money because if we lose, I don't get anything and I sure. lose money on the case. So it's one of those things that uh, – But don't it, you get some home runs though in it? Well, you hope. That's yeah, the idea. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when it's all said and done between the advertising and the money I put in the cases. we yeah. got to see how this works out. You know? No, you so definitely kind of have an advertising we'll, we'll budget. See at the That's end, for sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. And um, employees want to get paid every two weeks, you know. So it's one of those that I love what I do, but yeah. it's 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 like sometimes I think personal injury lawyers are like the worst gamblers in the world because we're sure. like always oh, looking absolutely. for this and that versus like you know defense lawyers that get paid every hour. You know, I yeah. had cases. I did this case where we had. What do we have? We had 14 defense lawyers on the case. It's like I would we'd do depositions where my client would get questioned. We question somebody. It's like I think they were racking up like five grand an hour. You know? Yeah. Like just, you just build, they didn't care yeah. what would happen. It's just like, you know. Oh, what man. do you? So so you must be an optimist. I would imagine as I a hope person. So. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Hope so when I look and at it, just saying, hope so. I think yeah. you are. <laughs> <laughs> True. What, what about um, I, I so 
you mentioned the 14 lawyers thing a couple mm -hmm. times or amount of lawyers. Why does the amount of lawyers, like, I mean, I get in general why the amount of lawyers makes a big difference, but has there ever been a situation where you go like, oh, this is just, they have way too many resources, like we're fucked. No, no, no I, 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 I had a case I tried in Anoka one time where it was five car. The woman had been five car accidents, and it's horrible. People in multiple accidents get like people are like, "Oh, you must be a bad yeah. driver." Oh, I don't want to be near you on the road, and it's like really sad because she never did any of them. They were yeah. all somebody else's fault. But we tried the case. It was I, mm. I sued all five cases out at once, <laughs> and I showed. Did she just drive? Okay, let's just go this way. Did she yeah. just drive a lot in general? Did no, she would just. Unfortunately, she. It was she'd get rear-ended by it was. Was it she was born horrible. without reaction time? No, no. <laughs> it was not her fault. They were okay. all. I mean, nobody was fighting fault. Yeah, they were fighting sometimes the impact, how hard it was. But nobody's fighting that they were at fault. Listen, okay, so, I'm a lifetime fuck up. But, okay, and so then when sometimes fuck ups happen to me now, it's just like. No, I swear. Oh, that's how this I This time am. it's not me. That's yeah, yeah. How so I am. it's I'm, so I'm always I appreciate like, Let me blow that. in a breathalyzer. I just want to yeah. prove I am sober. It's been nine yes. years. Like I will blow on the nearest stranger just to be like, yes. I appreciate you heard what you I said. That way. I don't even care. Yeah. Yeah. I am the first one to be like on I look at my pupil. You don't have to go that far. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean but, that, that might not prove much. Okay. Um uh, but in that trial with the, the five lawyers, when I showed up, okay, we had two tables the same size. And one of the defense lawyers said, oh, it's not fair. He, we have only so much room. So I'm like, cool. So I took this little table and sat with my little table and moved the giant table over. And you can see they were going like, oh, he's just setting it up to look like, you know. Well, yeah, we, yeah. Don't worry yeah. about us. Like a Jewish mom. Like, don't That's worry. Great. You don't have to call. That's I'm actually good. a yeah. great. Oh. Like. Did you do that consciously in that moment? Or was it more like, oh, I'll just help you. And then as you're doing it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is it. No, I, no that was a full-on move. As soon as he said move. that, I'm like, no, I think I'm going to go to that little table. Oh, like yeah. little guy over here versus the giants over Have here. tie a little loosened <laughs> and <laughs> jacket one size too big. Yeah. What? what uh, yeah. How about that? What other gamesmanship things have you yeah. done in your Ooh, career? I love that. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of, yeah, like that. The you table. know, um, uh, I learned this thing from Mo Levine. Um, Mo Levine was probably one of the greatest lawyers that ever lived. He was a he was Jewish. He was blind. You didn't have to say and that. And he used to travel. No, but I'll yeah, explain. Yeah. He used to travel around the country in the fifties and forties and get yeah. verdicts in like Wyoming and and Oklahoma. I mean, crazy verdicts because he just had this like amazing thing. But every time he spoke, every time he spoke in front of a group, he'd always be like, "I'm going to tell you guys something I've never told anybody," and just wait. I'll get to it because it's going to be at the end, okay? And we'll get to something I've never told anybody. And every single speech did that. So, you know, it's, it's like, attention. You know, yeah, it's like, right? And like everybody's like, oh, oh my I'm God, I'm going to start doing that. You know, and with it's just, everything. You know, like to my dog good, watcher. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, how, so, how about um, performative wise, I guess? So, um, for stand up, there's things like if you looked at my early career, I would have been louder, faster, whatever, mm -hmm. and now I'm very slow and deliberate and whatever. Is, are, are there things like that? Have you gone through oh, evolutions performance-wise? Um, when I was doing the children's theater, working on the children's theater case, uh, Jeff A. Anderson was trying the case, okay? And watching stuff that I wrote and have him do it, because he does it in this really cool cadence. You know, he's okay. got this Je Jesse Jackson type cadence and he oh. uses rhymes and he's like, you know, the way he talks. And stuff. It was really cool to hear my stuff slowed down. It's like, wow, that is really good. Yeah. And so, I, so that's how you do speak um, fast. I tried um, I tried a case of mock trial uh, one time against my partner and he did the um, he did the um, um, 
he did the plaintiff, even though the plaintiff was my client. Okay, mm-hmm. he did the plaintiff because sometimes it's easier to do the defense when you know the case. Yeah, okay? and I did the whole case in the southern draw. Mm-hmm. And he's like sitting there, like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> yeah, was so, inspired. So, yeah, so, um, but well, yeah. you've heard the. I mean, you must have heard the the John Wayne thing. The uh, Jack Nicholson saw John Wayne in his management office when when okay. this is this is before Nicholson was famous, like just coming up. But he got a big manager, and John Wayne was in the elevator, so he shook his hand and he said, "Hey, I'm a new actor and whatever. Any advice?" And uh, John Wayne said, "Talk low." And slow, <laughs> and I am a I, I'm a believer now. Just from, I think my when I get excited, I talk very fast and whatever. And something happened with stand up where you start going slow, and it really the attention is is way more locked in, and tension and stuff like that well, matters. You find out that the silence isn't as bad as you think, right? Like it's like it's not eight. Just be terrified, like, you know. It. It's like oh my god, they're mm-hmm. not saying anything. And also, it gives you a chance. It they. Say that most listeners take about three sec. They're like three seconds behind you. Yes. So if you take that time, it gives them more of a chance to keep up. Because especially early in my career, I would get A to C and forget B in the middle. Yes. You know, to me it made sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so I'd have to, you know, go along. Because your mind so. is, you're going. You're all. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, you person. can tell. He's the kind of guy too. Is like, like he, you know. He feels like what I feel like I. <laughs> That's, like that's why I like. Sometimes, I feel like I'm on, yeah. all three of us are very yeah. spastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, when I worked at KQ, he would text me, just hit up, you know, um, um, you know, hot yoga. You send me on Twitter like to make shame me because of course I'm like yeah, eating yeah. my third <laughs> breakfast in the sure. studio. And he would be going, and then like sure enough, like if I needed something from him, he'd be up to like ten or eleven at night, like go go go, and then you'd be like, yeah, I just drove down, you know, from Duluth. I mean, you're just. Go, go, Same go. thing, man. I sleep I like five hours a night. Yeah. I can't shut it off. I can't, yeah. Yeah. I, I never needed a ton of sleep. And so, yeah, it's just not a yeah. part of my life. And, you, and then I'll forget to eat sometimes, too. Like, so you, I'll go a day or two without eating just because I forget. That, that's something you know? I would never so, forget. How many, I, I absolutely forget to eat all the time. Do you ever struggle with, because you have a brain that moves fast and in that way, I, I guess first I should ask, how many cases do you typically have at once? Well, see, cases, uh, the way it works is you probably have like about 25 to 50 active cases. Okay. So like a case comes in, they get injured, they got to treat for six months or eight months. Yeah. Or you get somebody who like is really big golfer, they'll get hurt in August, they won't know until next year. So you'll sign it up, but there isn't a ton to do right off the bat, but then you'll have active cases or cases going to trial. Yeah. Um, th- pretty much the only time I'm ever really completely focused on a case is when I'm trying a case. because. They've got to get yeah. me the whole time there. But even then, I sneak off and make phone calls at night. Or do you ever times. have three on, like in trial at once? In trial? No, you can't. You I mean, can't. Although, okay. although I did stop a, a trial in the middle of the trial and go out and do a court of appeals argument in between, which to me was really yeah. kind of cool. Like that, yeah, <laughs> scandalous. You know? Yeah, I'm just I was wondering, like, Judge. Maybe I should bring another ruling over there. While I'm on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Is it hard for you to manage the time or? I'll get ideas. Like I have too many ideas at once, and it's like, oh, I want to do that. I, I gotta do that. Do you ever? St- I mean, how are you at focusing in that way? No, I think, you know, I I don't really have uh, an issue as far as 
coming up with ideas or things I'm going to do on cases and stuff. Um, sometimes I'm, I, I can be too fast and so I need to get slowed down. Or one of the worst things I do is like my staff will sometimes remind me is like, I'll go through the office and I'll answer their questions like boom, boom, boom. And then later on they're like, well, you answer that question like I'm the stupidest person in the world. And it's like, I never even thought about it. I just answered your question and moved on. I didn't think back to, oh my God, that was a dumb question. Yes. I just answered. But the way I did it was like, so like, burr, 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 yeah, you yeah, know, bam, bam. You know, That's then, a then they get mad. So they, you know, so I have to go back mind. and, you know, yeah. do that. So. Yeah. Um, will you tell, and, and I've kept up a little bit with the children's theater. Will sure. you give us a rundown on that one? Children's theater is amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, we tried the case, um, and I worked on that trial. Um, and when we tried the case, they found against children's theater, but they didn't find them uh, a proximate cause, meaning they were negligent, but they weren't a proximate cause for the woman being, being raped. Um, they then made the very bad move of going after her for costs, for $300,000 in costs. And it has just exploded on them. And Children's Theaters, there's an amazing video. If you go to Children's Theater, uh, We Believe the Survivors, there's an amazing video by the employees saying you should do the following things. And there's been pickets out there, or people picketing since this happened. And yeah. people are very upset about everything that's happened. And uh, the, the Children's Theater is uh, is one of those things where uh, if the window, w what happened in Minnesota was the window was opened um, from 2013 to 2015. And what that means is anybody who was abused as a child could bring their case, even though it happened 50 years ago, whenever it was. A number of children's theater cases came forward, but no one had ever really deeply looked into the children's theater. And so I believe if the window comes open again, we're gonna see a lot more cases. Cause yeah. that was horrible what was going on there. and. Can you the, say the, what was going on for V? So, yeah, yeah. and then just, uh, is this the one where the guy who owns John Loring Clark, Pasta Bear? Or that's Loring McNeil. Pasta? Okay. Yeah, me, uh, uh, but John Clark Donahue ran the place. Okay. And um, pretty much it's, it's it, well, he went to prison for abusing young boys. Okay. And there's a pretty, there's very solid evidence that he allowed these other guys to abuse young girls. And what they oh, were doing wow. was they're Holy getting these kids. Shit. Isn't that bad? They're, they're so getting, oh my God. Getting these kids and they were treating them like adults. So they were drinking, they were doing drugs. They and were by kids, sleeping what over. age are you? They were just... mostly teenagers sure. for the most part, but, but some of them were yeah, eight or nine. Kids. And they're just kids. Oh, and so they treated them like, they treated them like adults and these kids didn't know any better. Right. And so um, so there's just horrible cases that have come out. And then, you know, even after the trial, there was a story in the Trib of a young act actress that's supposed to be incredibly talented. But one of the things they talked about was how she's like an adult. It's like, they're not adults. No. Okay? Right. They're not adults. No. You can't treat them like adults. You can't allow them to do that. No. And if you are, stop it. Yeah. You yes. Know? And, yeah. and it's, I mean it's it's scary and they were drinking they were doing drugs and a lot of people saw it and they didn't think much about it but you know and there's this talk of well the 80s were different well we yeah. still didn't get to dink little kids yeah, yeah. You know? pretty so, sure that was yeah. cool so, so, it is it that is yeah. a crazy whatever thing yeah. in general i'm a big uh I, I think that's one of the biggest things in our times just like uh with the lake uh bide makasar or whatever yeah. you know like people just love right now going like do you know that Thomas Jefferson was racist? Oh. <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, yeah, he grew up in the 17th. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's there, there is a weird thing. So normally I'm sympathetic toward the time period thing. Not so much in this case. No. <laughs> like no. that is yeah, just, I don't uh, think that's a good excuse. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. The, 
if you go in the children's theater, there's a, a level that's completely boarded off. That was John Clark Donahue's office. Mm -hmm. And the, he supposedly during shows was drunk a lot and was having a number of things that would happen during shows up there with young boys. Having, having boys up it there. It was horrible. Since you've dealt yeah. a lot with like different pedophile case, like as you know, there, most of my family has put kids in programs and you have that trust level. Like what would be something good advice you would have to parents when to it comes to keep stuff? an eye on your kids, just go and there, then, just go with and, them. And I mean, no, just keep an eye on your kids and then also make sure that they know that they're in a safe environment that they can talk to you. Yeah. It, yeah. Is create that safe environment that, that they can talk to you about things yeah. so that you're not freaking out on them or they're not scared. I and mean, the cool thing about social media is it's a lot harder to abuse kids now because so many more kids are open. Yeah. You know, things happen i mean there's photographs and videos of stuff yeah. that yeah. back then there was no there was all this no this quiet um but it's it's being open with them talking to them trusting them i mean i went to tons of stuff with my boys you yeah. know because I, I was overprotective as a parent because i'd seen a lot of things yeah i bet i and, bet yeah you know it's it's um it, that's probably the best thing that you can do is just make sure that they're safe and make sure they feel safe to talk to you about things we know? did we we did an episode here um that's never gone out we're still kind of working on it maybe but he was one of the he was one of the police who has uh started the child or started the sex crimes unit mm -hmm. and was uh one of the leads on the wetterling case or who got brought in for it and all that and one of the most fascinating things that i heard is that i asked him about you know he was talking about in the 60s when he started with it that there's all these things like you know, like we all have these stereotypes now, like uncle scout leaders, whatever, mm -hmm. to kind of look for. He's like, at that point, we didn't didn't know anything like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, so he's like, you're just looking around trying to know where to start. But that I asked him, he said his first job in that role or whatever was going and talking to congressmen and trying to get people to change their perspective of kids because and I'm just old enough to remember this, that people viewed kids as property right. back then. And it would be like, if you saw someone whack a, their kid at a grocery store, you go, well, you know, that's gross. Like, but, uh, you know, I can't tell someone how to raise their kids now. Fuck. People yeah. love to tell you how to raise your <laughs> yeah. kids. I got, yeah. I got shamed yeah. for leaving my kid in the car. And that, my hardware store I go to all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. I know that place like the back of my head. Everyone there knows me. I pull up. I, they're eight feet from the front window. Yeah. He's one years old. I'm just sick of fucking taking him out of the car. It's a car And I know seat. he's in eyesight. I, yes. Yes. He's in eyesight the entire, yeah. believe me, nobody's getting that fucking car without getting their yeah. the head ripped off. Yeah. And I like, on the way out, saying goodbye to the people, I meet this guy in the doorway who's like a very burly, like plumber looking guy. And he's like, hey, is that your kid? I go, oh, yeah. I thought he was going to tell me how cute he was. <laughs> You're ready like, to take this guy. He goes, well, that's fucking bullshit. You leaving him in a car like that, man. It's fucking bullshit. And I was like, Nah, fuck you. But yeah, I know it kind of is. But, you know, like, it was. I shouldn't have done it's that. It's good but that people are like that. It is. Yeah. I mean, in it the is end, completely. You know, sometimes it's 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 a miscommunication, or you know, you think you're doing better than you are. But it's yeah. a good reminder when people are doing stuff like that that that's. I'd rather have people looking. I'd rather have people yeah. doing it because hundred percent. I mean, when you hear these stories about kids burning up in cars because dad was. Oh, that much, one recent. And, and you know, these parents didn't plan to do I it. Know, right. You know, they didn't I have know. a goal to do it, yeah. and then suddenly, because of sleep or whatever, they messed it up. I mean. 
mean, it's horrible. It's I don't want to tell thing. my story from this week. It's too fucking. I can't tell two in a row. How would I? Oh would my god! I am. No, that one wasn't so bad. It was horrible. But it was horrible Although, for you. You want to hear hear a negative? I mean, this. I still feel horrible about this. I get a car. I get a new car. We're driving along, and suddenly my little. My youngest, at that point, he was probably five or six years. He's like, Dad, I hope this gets Radio Disney. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, your last car, you told us it didn't get Radio Disney. There was something wrong with the radio. <laughs> I felt horrible. I don't know when I said that, but it's like, what? We don't have work? it. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny, though. Your old man can't <laughs> afford it. <laughs> I'm not. I refuse to hear those kids sing those uh-huh. goddamn I, songs. I knew a guy who was walking down the street, and these kids like uh, a ice cream truck goes by and these kids are like oh darn and he's like what do you mean he goes where well, dad said that when they play that music that means they're out, out of ice cream, ice cream. yeah oh now that's <laughs> oh, ingenious like, i know but like, come on i mean you know? i know yeah. like you don't have you're setting them back you, intelligence like... wise like yeah going into school like oh sorry guys <laughs> i don't know like, oh man gonna be unmasked why, why do they these keep days? looping the neighborhood if they're out get them out of yeah. here that's so Will someone funny. bring them ice cream? Yeah. Uh, what, um, how else has it changed your life, your home life, I guess? being So are you extra careful, do you feel like? Or do you look at the world that way where you go, oh, I'm, we're going to rent a jet ski on this vacation? You go, boy, they should not be doing this in this way because. Yeah. I mean, you can figure out ways people get hurt, unbelievable. But, I mean, it, it makes you, it makes you, uh, uh, representing those two boys that were killed. I mean, here's a family. They only have two boys. Four kids are in the car collision. Two of them die. It's their two kids. So their their whole half their family is gone. Yeah. Two of them like that. It makes you like think about your boys. I have two boys. Yeah. It makes me think of them more. It makes me you know one of the things I always do is is stay up until they get home. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're probably like, oh god, dad's here. Of course. You know. But I want to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're important to me as far as far as that goes. So it it gives you a reminder of what's important mm-hmm. um you know saying thank you is important and it also reminds you that your life can change boom like that you yeah know, that suddenly something can happen and it just changes things and how you handle it is the big is the big key yeah absolutely mm-hmm. do you um you talked earlier about having people approach you or whatever where you thought he was a get have you ever had a situation where you felt like you let someone down so bad that that they were out to get you no, I don't or maybe know. That, I don't know if they're you, out to get but, yeah, me, yeah. but but there's times that you feel like, oh my god, you know, I, 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 I feel bad when you lose a try. I feel horrible, and yeah. if, any part that you think I could have done different, or this thing I could have done, or that part, I just, I, you let people down. Or the other thing that sometimes will happen is you'll represent someone who's never had anybody fight for him. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we'll go through a trial and they'll listen to me in the closing, say, you know, give this person X number of dollars and then they'll go home, start thinking about the money. You know, we're going to get all this money and stuff. And then the jury comes back and they don't do what you said. Yeah. And you feel like, oh, my God, I brought them up. Then no one's ever brought them up and I brought them up and then I let them back down again, you know. And so. So like you you like perpetuated a shitty part of their life, kind of. Yeah. And then and then the more money you get somebody, the worse they're hurt. So it, the people that I've gotten a lot of money for, I wouldn't be shocked if five, 10, 15 years from now, they're like, you know, that, yeah. you know, cause they because it's enough. not enough. Yeah. yeah. That, that, um, they Have get you ever got a phone this. call like that? Like, um, hey, Brian, <laughs> one of the calls I got that was really hard was I had a client that, um, there's, there's a psychological advantage to getting your case done. 
when your case gets done and you don't have to deal with me anymore, you don't have to deal with your case anymore. There's some people who feel better. It doesn't mean they got better, okay? Mm -hmm. But they just don't have yeah. to deal with the past anymore. They've gotten yeah, off yeah. So I, I told a client about that and the whole thing and stuff. We settled her case. We got a really good result in her case. And then about a year later, she calls me up. She goes, I just want to tell you I don't feel better. And it was like, okay. wow. Um, but it just, you know, she was hoping that she'd settle her case and suddenly feel better. Yeah. And um, it was like that. So that's, a, you know, made me a reminder about what that means and how I say mm -hmm. things. Um, you, in representing survivors, you realize that people that have been sexually abused, they Google their perps all the time and they really watch what the church says. Okay. They really watch. And you find out that words you say really have an impact. You know, yeah. can really super have an impact. Um, you know, I've heard survivors talk about how, you know, later on they'll hear that the Pope or the Bishop or the Abbot will say, well, I know every one of my monks. I know them really well. It's like, well, then how did you know, how didn't you know that yeah. I was being abused? If you yeah. know them that well, how did yeah, you know that? that must... And they, you just got to make sure what you're saying is really what you mean because people hear it in different ways. You Are know? you religious? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. I am. I, Are you I, I was, I was Catholic. I was, I was head altar boy. I became head altar boy in third grade. Um, wow. I, um, bragging. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Okay. So usually head altar boy is sixth grade. Okay. Cause as head altar boy, you, you run, uh, funerals and weddings. Okay. So funerals, you get out of school weddings, you get dough because people give you tips. So it's a great, it's like a union boss. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So, so third grade, I somehow get into this funeral. Don't know why, but I get picked to do this funeral. We mess up the incense, okay? Somehow we mess it up, and we start laughing, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's this uh, this uh, guy who's Portuguese. His brother was gonna kill us. I mean, mm -hmm. he was pissed. And his brother's dead, and we're laughing. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah it's yeah. understandable. Yeah. yeah. So, so the rectory had this little alley next to it, and the bishop or the the priest was looking out the window. I think he was waiting to see if us get killed. And we come out, and the brother comes out. He is just fire gonna kill us. And I step forward and just said calm down just it's okay i'm really sorry it's all our fault and stuff and somehow i became head altar boy after that so that was that was how i i did it wow in third grade. so a yep, a little lawyer just all the <laughs> right. way back let me, let me a little adult case. let yeah. me hear your case i understand where you're coming from i have empathy <laughs> i will not admit fault <laughs> i will fight for you yeah what what um has this changed, you know, so I guess, have you done a lot of these survivor cases yeah, I've, then? Well, like, I've, has I've it been, become a thing? It, I've of? been involved in a lot more. I got involved in just a couple to begin with. But, yeah, over time I've gotten involved. I've done gone to a number of national things. And I've seen some of the most amazing people and heard some of the most horrible stories. Yeah. But that their people are still alive and still resilient is amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you um, God, I, I don't know. To me, I just view it as like the biggest problem in our society today, in a sense. Like I'm just, I keep being blown away at how large the, that problem well, is. There's, there's so much alcoholism, alcoholism, um, suicide, drug use that goes back to these people being abused as young yeah. children. That's just horrible out yeah. there. It's an epidemic. But what's crazy is if you go back to when this all started, when Boston comes out in '93, and you ask Jeff Anderson or you ask Mitch Garibaldi, who's the lawyer in Spotlight, you ask him at that point. Do you guys ever think you're going to be doing this very long? And they're like, no. 
we they figured it was just a little problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that it's so still going on, and they're still moving priests, it's, and things yeah. are still going on. It's insane. You I think mean, it's we're still fighting. going on like, oh, yeah. in the same Absolutely. way? No, I, I mean, at least the hiding. I yeah. mean, that was a, they have a big thing on NPR just the other day and about Gonzaga University. They're hiding a bunch of priests in a house near them. What 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 is in these? I don't know. In these whatever uh, groups, communities, whatever, whether it's a university, whether it's whatever, that that instinct to hide or protect that it is so confusing it's to me. money. And it's when a, it comes down to yeah? it, it, it really truly is protecting money is, is what think, it is. I think a big part of it too, and when I watch something is that these people grow up together. They know everybody's everything. So mm-hmm. it's like, not only, they might feel like their secret, somebody else, somebody has small secrets, but they still feel like they're, it's their secrets. And so somebody, they all have to like, watch out for that. So, you know, when they're younger or whatever, they all have stuff on each other. Yep. So there's yeah. an automatic response to cover for each other. I mean, you see it in the military all the time. I mean, yeah, where well, that's you, my belief on the military. In it, general, it's that idea it's that like, you know, but it, on that level uh, that they are on is that like, it, it's just written, you know, in their, their rules. It's like, we all cover for each other. So it's like an automatic response where we need to move that person. We need to that. And that's yeah. like the big, they, I mean, they're still doing it today. That's absolutely true. And, and, how much? How much has the Catholic Church paid out? Oh, I would you I ask that? I mean, when, has it when, been a billion dollars? When, oh, I think they're probably they're probably over two to three now. Is probably my guess. Um, Are they in trouble at they, all financially? Would you say not have, at all? Not it's, even close. It's insane how much money they wow. got. I mean, Rome has so much money. It's insane. I mean, the the when they're first um, when Walter Sipe went down, he at that point was one of the the biggest catholic priest in the in the united states he was huge he okay. was looked at as a huge symbol they okay. sent him down to he's the voice in in spotlight if you saw spotlight when the guy calls up and talks to somebody he's like tells them about how many priests are involved the, walter sipes the voice but um uh when he goes down and starts looking at louisiana he's like this is a huge problem if we don't fix it it's going to cost you guys two billion dollars and they shut him down and he ended up pushing him out of the church they push other experts out of the church people that tried to fix it because they originally thought he was a lawyer for the church no he was well he was a canon lawyer um, okay and he a canon law is is the the equivalent of civil law but it's inside the church yeah and so they have different rules um that they go by but um so he was aware of it how, how long before then? That was in the early 90s, the late 90s. 80s probably. And when everybody, I mean, Spotlight is so funny in a way because yeah. everybody's like, well, you can't sue the church. You yeah. can't sue the yeah. church. And yeah. Jeff Anderson, the first time they went to him, he's like, you can't sue the church. And the reason they Who's went to Jeff, Jeff Anderson? Jeff Anderson this. is like in St. Paul. He's the probably the biggest um, uh, survivor lawyer in the whole world. Okay. I mean, he goes all over the place, goes all over the country. I wish um, he was here. He, he does an amazing job. He's in uh, St. Paul, and he's amazing wow. to work with as, as as far as it goes. But um, uh, they never thought this would still be going on. And, and we're fighting. I'm fighting in Fargo about releasing the list, the list they made 20 years ago. Yeah. It, oh, really? If, if you want to see this kind of what why they're still a problem – there's a woman by the name of Siobhan O'Connor. She's the whistleblower in New York. She was the number one assistant to the bishop. Okay. Last year, they're putting together their list of, of priests that abuse people, and the bishop's in there taking people off the list. Oh, no, we'll take him off. We'll take him off. No, no, we're going to take him off, too. And they were still active priests. And and there's a huge problem that's still going on. Wow. And Siobhan was on 60 Minutes. She, I met her um, in... Um, Virginia last week and oh my god what an amazing person yeah um, and she 
was deep into the Catholic Church and then was like, no, this is crazy. This is nuts. Why do you think so much? So someone who's seen insider kind of stuff and all this, you know, do you view it as just is it all sourced from the whole priest can't get married kind of thing? So you're just kind of attracting those, you know, people who are predisposed Mm -hmm. to that. That's part of it. I mean, you can't let them get married. You 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 sit there. You you sit there with somebody who's like like, you know, it's evil to be homosexual. Mm -hmm. And then they themselves admit that they're homosexual. I don't know how you would exist. If yeah. You, yeah, you know, like these people that are like anti-government that go into government or anti-lawyer and they're lawyers. Why yeah. would you want to do that? I yeah, don't yeah. get that. There's something you broken know? in your head yeah, in it's some way. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I see it as a shame. I mean, I view the whole world that shame. Shame is is so much more poisonous than what oh, everyone knows. I, I mean, it, it really is ripping our. It keeps drug addicts taking drugs, pedophiles. You know, keeps. I don't know. It's just. It really is an awful kind of plague, I guess. Yeah. And I can see that uh, with priests all the way. Do, do you believe in evil? Do I believe? Yeah. I, I mean, I, as far as like people born just evil. I, I, I don't know that someone's completely born evil, but I, I've seen enough things that are totally evil. And some of the stories I've heard from survivors are so. Uh, what are I, examples of those? Just just oh, to let people know um, what kind of stuff we're you know, talking. Uh, comparisons between, you know, what it was like to have sex with a mom versus a daughter. Oh huh. my God! You know, and to say that to somebody, where the or, priest, so you're saying the priest had raped the mom the first time through, and then the daughter. When he's when raping she came. the daughter, tells her the difference between her and her mom. Oh my! You know, and you know, God. and and you just hear stories, and and you you hear people. I mean, it's amazing because one of the things that you hear a lot from survivors are these primarily males that really wanted to be a monk or really wanted to be a priest. And when it happens, they see it as the church deciding to pick their predator versus them. You know, they think I would have been a great monk. I would have taken care of so many people. And then they turn around and they they get pushed away by their own church. Mm -hmm. And all they wanted to do was be part of that church. All they wanted to do was help people. And when they kept the predator and kept them safe and they find out they're still paying the predator, you know, even after they put him on a list and said he for sure did this, they're still paying him. They're still taking care of him. Why don't they get just shit can Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Primarily because the they know secrets about each other okay. probably is one part of it. Two, they keep their mouth shut. Three, I don't know. Why How this. ugly do you think it gets? You know, because really what that speaks to is conspiracy type stuff, right? Uh, so, I mean, what is your, in your, I don't know, you know, trying to stay reasonable, what is your uh, thought of, the worst that it gets versus, you know, like, I mean, do you think there, there are I, priests who are on the phone with each other going, oh, boy, you know, well, you know, guess I mean, what I. When when you look at some of these places, they put like 40 pedophiles all together in the same place. Yeah. I, I don't even want to know I what know, happens. I, I mean, it's yeah. it's crazy. I, I, I don't even want to know. And where are what's, four, what's, I mean, where are 40 pedophiles in the same place? Um, do you well, mean in one building or well, do you just mean in was, the no, organization? It, it, was, it, it was interesting. They used to send uh, a lot of priests that were accused. They used to send them to either New Mexico or I think the other place is New Jersey. I may be wrong about that, but I think the other place is New Jersey. And they would tell the parishes that they were going there for alcohol problems or depression problems. Okay, but it's clearly to work with the paracletes on sexual deviant issues. And they would go and um, they would all be, a ton of them would be in the same place. They never told anybody where they went. And one day a lawyer in California was looking through all these addresses and kept seeing this same P.O. box in New Mexico, in this weird little oh. town in New Mexico. He's like, when the hell 
are all these things lining up this yeah. way? And came up with with questions about what was this place, and that's how we found out about the 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 Paraclete sending people to New Mexico or sending people to uh, I think it's New Jersey. Um, and then there's a lot of people that have been sent to St. John's. St. John's had a pile of, of oh no of people really that went to, ended up at St. John's. They were up there at the Abbey, and the. It, there's times when you look into what their their ability to move around is. Here's a pedophile that they've identified as a pedophile, mm -hmm. okay? And they um, allow them to go to the movies in Waite Park, right behind my office. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay? So they can go to a kiddie movie at my office, yeah. behind my office. But when they came in to get, one of them came in to be deposed at my office when we were asking him questions, he shows up with his protector, the guy who was supposed to be watching him. Because what am I going to do to him? Right. I'm going to ask him questions is what I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, some of the times when you see the abilities that they had to still see people, the, the abbot gave an interview uh, up at St. John's. He gave an interview with St. Cloud Times where he talked about as well. They're pedophiles, but they're only situational pedophiles. Okay. Oh. Definition of a situational pedophile is someone who abuses children and old people and deferred people. Guess what? <laughs> Guess where we have a problem? You know, Holy it's like shit. you know, you, like guys like us usually aren't getting abused by people unless we want to get abused by people. You know, it's like you know, but little kids, old right. people, you know, uh, uh, that's the problem. Right. And, yeah. You know, for him to just go, well, right. they're just situational. Situation. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, even if, there it, was a if term. you wouldn't put so many weak and infirm people <laughs> yeah. around him, he wouldn't do anything. Right. right, you got to surround him with athletes. So His hands were tied. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you saw with violent athletes. Yeah. Surround him with them; he'll be good. So that's the yeah. craziness, you know. And then, you know, there'll be times where uh, we'll read in the paper that. Well, it, this is a, a great example. Okay, in Minnesota, almost all the dioceses except for St. Cloud, and it's coming in St. Cloud, have gone bankrupt. Okay, first thing they do when they go bankrupt is put out a letter blaming us, the trial lawyers, sure. for. That's amazing. Yeah, really? Because it's, it's our That's fault. That's fucking it's, it's amazing. But they raise money from people by putting out that letter. Sure. Because they're they want to stop us. Because yeah, it's, you know one of those things. Yeah. And it's like I, we didn't create this problem. Yeah. You know we oh, were hoping there wouldn't insane. be a problem. That's insane. Actually, you know? that they do and that. And we'll we'll see in the newspaper about oh we're open and we're doing this and we're willing to do that and then we'll go to court and they'll be you know bringing motions to stop this stop that. One of the motions they brought against uh, against Jeff's office and against my office too was they didn't want us to release a file because they were concerned that we would let out confidential information. Not a chance of all the releases that Jeff's ever done. One of the first things that he does is make sure the survivors are protected because he does not want to yeah, hurt those survivors. Of course. St. John's did a release. They put people's name out all over the place. Did so they people really? were able to read no. it and go, oh, yeah, that's who this person is. Oh, yeah, that's Could who that person is. Could you imagine as a survivor, especially if that's something that like you're still struggling with? Especially if people are shame. trying to be religious still or whatever. Yeah, who are if, very... are, if you're just are you like you're somebody who's like, it was yeah. really hard for me to come forward. Yeah. Like I'm still dealing with it like a shame, you know, because like, you're dealing with a kid's brain when you're thinking back to yeah. those actions. And now your name's posted everywhere? Yeah. Or at least there's enough information so that right, right. So they can oh, deduce that's, it. That's almost right. worse. Because yeah. it, it's it like is. they just act yeah. like, you know, you're... Do you ever... Have you ever seen anything in that regard where it's like, you know, the equivalent of like a smirking priest or someone who you felt like, boy, he just doesn't like... Oh. Like he, they cravenly uh, enjoyed what they're doing. They're not sorry. They're... Uh, well, there's two things. I'll, I'll okay. go in two directions with that. There are times where I've seen survivors go in and meet with uh, the abbot or the bishop, and it's clear the abbot or the bishop doesn't get it. 
So when someone walks in and says, one of the problems I've had is I've never had a relationship with anybody because I can't trust and I don't know how to do it. And, and they, that's the they abuser you're saying? Like the abbot is or whatever? Yeah, the, okay. the, the abbot's the person in charge. So like okay. the bishop or stuff that, that's there. So they get a chance to talk to him. <clears throat> and they don't get it. They don't understand what it would, well, how, why is that bad yeah. that you wouldn't have a relationship? Yeah. You know, what do you like mean? That. So you see one part there. And then the other part is... Um, some of the cases, you know, there's there's documented cases of priests that were were sent to Alaska, and they would be in a town, and they would be snowed in, and they would abuse seven or eight kids a day, every day, all during the winter, you know? Wow. And I, What's the worst case that you've heard? I, I, every time I say that something's the worst, yeah. um, I something else will happen they'll be like oh my god i i couldn't because even it, think about that the, there was a there was a group of uh there was another lawyer who brought a case on one of the reservations and um one of the problems that they found was that a lot of the males on the on that particular reservation had um uh dysfunctional problems they had sexual dysfunction problems they uh -huh. had no idea why they all they, this group did they finally found a, a nun who admitted that when these young boys were in the in the um uh, in foster care when they were in uh, these homes that were run by nurses, the nurses used to just beat the crap out of their hardened penises as little kids. So these guys would get abused as little babies yeah. having no idea they, they were abused. So like they're oh like, you know, oh like kicking God. puppies and then the yeah. puppy later on can't be Doesn't around know people. Why. Yeah. And they have no idea why. And and that was because these these information came out that the nuns were just like every time these little kids drop and, and if you had little kids like, you really? realize you realize they that happens sometimes yeah. exactly they're ready to go it just no. they're freaking humans yeah. you know oh yeah. my god I know yeah it yeah. really it like and I'm someone who's like sort of you know I have a perverse interest in like these these stories are just like I know they're so fucked it's yeah. so like I don't know and then that, so. And we've done a lot of like, so we had a, a therapist um, who was in prison, like who actually works with those people. And it was actually, it's a, it's a very good podcast, but um, it's just, and she's like, oh yeah, well now they're starting to form gangs in prison because there's yeah. so many. So they have now pedophile gangs. Yeah. And it's like. Oh my God. That's yeah, that's real. That's the worst real. combo of names. <laughs> I know. You, you hear something sometimes that like you're like i never even could have contemplated that and it's probably because you're not friggin' demented because right. you could contemplate stuff like that you'd be a psycho and i think you know? i mean and i get so i mean i think everybody does this when you start hearing that the first thing you do is you think about the little kids in your life and yes. the idea of anything happening to them and so like even this episode i'm even like oh. i love hearing your stories but i'm just like oh my god having kids has ruined everything but, i mean sure. it's the greatest thing in the world but it's ruined everything well I'll and run into women sometimes, or usually women sometimes that'll tell me their own stories. I'm sure they you know did I do that. it, and then suddenly they'll start telling me their own stories. It's like, wow, this is just. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. And, and sometimes you're like the first person some people have ever told, which is a, a tremendous honor. But it's also like, oh geez, wow, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I know. I would, like, just, Does you know. it ever? That's what you know. Do you ever get in too deep? Do you feel like, like, I mean, has there been times through your career where you go, like, I'm just this is affecting me too much in my day to day life. There's times when it gets real stressful um, when you're, when, especially when you've done a number of interviews in a way, or you get here stuff that's like makes you stop and just go, whoa, uh, you know, yeah. I need to think this through. Um, but n not overall. Um, I, I do wonder how somebody like Jeff, I mean, Jeff's in, in 
I think he's 74 now. I mean, he's been doing this a long time, and how yeah. he keeps doing it and doesn't, you know, sometimes just want to just drive off a bridge, I don't know, because it's some of the things are just horrible. And, <laughs> and then, like, you find out that, like, you know, people in very, very powerful people yes. that they just moved, that abused people, and they just moved. And they knew it when they mm -hmm. moved it. It's it's insane. They, Have they you ever do. seen real contrition? Like real heavy contrition well, where it, you appreciated it? In, in depositions, you'll get information out of them. Um, I ended up deposing one priest. Who, uh, mine was the third deposition. I think in the first one, he admitted to abusing one kid. In the second one, he admitted to abusing five kids. By my deposition, he was up to nine kids. And then he was head of the altar boys where before he said he wasn't. So you get things over time from mm -hmm. them. Um, uh, You've never seen one just go like, God, I'm a fucking monster. Yeah. What the fuck? You know what yeah. I mean? Like just a no. full on, I'm sorry. No. How much pressure is on them from the church to not just like admit it? I mean, my God, the guys who came up with confession well, are the ones who can't fucking just let it go. Well, there's there's a couple things there. Is One is when they come out with a list, they know who they are. And, oh, yeah. and one of the questions we would get from people is, well, how do you know when it happened in the 70s? How do we know it was true? When someone comes forward and says, this is where it happened, this is how it happened, they know stuff that yeah. the only way they know it is they were involved in. And the church will go like, nope, that's our guy. That's so-and-so. We know yeah. that's so-and-so. And lots of times they know who these people are coming forward before they even come forward because oh, of yeah. other reasons. Um, so that's that. Well, they know is, who they abused, right? Yeah. It's like, and they feel the vibe. I mean, people are sensitive like that. What What is a way that, that they can prove it? You know, when something's that far back in the past, I'm sure. Very rarely do we get in fights about proving it. it really? When someone comes wow. forward and says, this was my perp and this is what it is. Once you confirm that they were there during that time and they've got these details in ways. I mean, you there's a number of cases where you, you know from the time period, this guy abused a bunch of, uh, of women or a yeah. bunch of little girls or this guy abused a bunch of, uh, of boys. Um, also, we know from the research that every pedophile probably in some way has abused up to 300 people or more. So, And that can be everything from going in a grocery store and rubbing against people to actually abusing them. 300 uh, yeah. or more? So there's tons of people out there that are dead, drug addicts, uh, alcoholics, or they just won't ever admit it themselves. I mean, there's 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 people out there that, that you know, you know, um, uh, you know more happened, but they just either have blocked it all out or they just won't say it. You know? Yeah. You know? do, do you ever... Um, uh, so you brought something about this earlier, but you were with these people for an extremely pivotal moment in their life, right? Sometimes, like a yeah. super emotionally charged situation, and I'm sure that you are quarterbacking that the whole time with them and try or coaching, you, you know, to. you know, yeah. whatever. Um, it, are there ever situations where the people get, especially people who have been dispossessed or not believed or whatever, um, where they grow too attached to you, where you ever have to say like, you know, hey, no, I, case is I, over. I, and, I don't think I've had that problem. Um, and you think it's because you're likable? <laughs> no, I, 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 I just think, it, um, I, I, I think overall they do see it for what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, there's a lot of people that overall, you, they really touch your heart in a lot of different yeah. ways. And, and you hope you, they, you've done the same for them as far as it goes. Um, but, um, no, I, there isn't that that much of a of a time or a relationship with somebody that I think that happens. Um, but um, I don't know. It's part kind of what we do. Yeah, in yeah. Ways, you know, um, 
you know and and then there's also people who just kind of no matter what no matter how much they like you they're always like yeah but you're still a lawyer oh yeah yeah there's this part of people that are always like yeah but you're still a lawyer you're, or you're this so friggin' smart and it's like i'm not that smart i just uh-huh. am good at certain things you yeah know? yeah you know and there's other things i can't do the i i had a radio commercial you probably heard this at, at some point on KQ where I put in a garbage disposal at my house. I started on Friday night. I got done at Sunday night. Went to Menards <laughs> 15 <laughs> times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, per, per, per and all. a plumber comes in to do something else. Has nothing to do with my garbage disposal because it worked well. He looked at it and he's like, ah, it's funny. And he like fixed up the, the pipes in like yeah. five minutes. You know, as far as that goes. And so I'm not the guy to hire to put in your garbage yeah. disposal because I don't have a clue. Is there any group We'll say besides the church. I mean, not that you enjoy it, but I don't know. Is there some case where you go like, oh, yeah, one of these cases. Like, I want that case. You know, when someone's going to sue a oh, insurance you know, company some, or uh, something whatever. Something big will happen in the newspaper and you'll get involved in that case. And it's it's there's a certain amount of ex- excitement. But I will never, ever forget that I deal with people in some of the worst times in their lives. Yeah. That, you know, the, the trial I had up in Moorhead, every day the Fargo Forum had a story. Every day. We had uh, a famous basketball coach. Um, we had a pro basketball player testify. A former Miss North Dakota testified in that trial. So, like, there's a lot of things there. Yeah. But it was a horrible thing about two boys dying. Yeah. So, so even with that, you know, it's, it's you know. I, Do you ever struggle um, or feel bad about getting a charge out of it? You know, because there, you have to get some sort of charge out of doing this, right? I, to be I as like good as being, you are. I like and, being yeah. in court. I yeah. love being in court. I never, ever would feel bad about that. I yeah. love being in court. Uh, biggest award that you've ever won? Mm, biggest trial yeah. result. Probably I was involved in the Duluth case where we had a $9 million verdict. Um, I've had some million-dollar verdicts where we never collected them. I've got one against uh, – uh, uh, against Feeney, who was a uh, he, he was an actor's coach, and for a million bucks, I don't know if we'll ever collect it. So it's like, woo-hoo! how would you never you know? collect it? Like they can't they do a lien money. on There's his... no, you know, we're gonna we got collection lawyers working on it, but if yeah. there isn't coverage or there isn't money, it, it's like woohoo, you know. Um, there was a famous lawyer in Minnesota that uh, turned down uh, a really, really, really good offer and then tried it and got a third of his offer. Uh-huh. And in his office is is the headline from the Tribune, or in his office there used to be a headline for the Tribune, because it was a big verdict at the time. But that would make me want to vomit every day. I would look yeah. at that and go, I know. yeah, but I turned down this. Yeah. Right? Yes. And so, so there's things, you know. Is there again, ever anything where it's like, in a way, in your line of business, a settlement is, of course, great. You avoided trial, you got the person, whatever. But you don't get the glory in a sense. Well, you, you you didn't win. Settlements are always better for clients. Yeah, I mean, if they can get to a number where they're satisfied and they're willing to do it and take control, it's always better for clients. I personally would rather try all the cases because sitting around and negotiating this and that and the whole thing and stuff. I'm not a. That's not. You hired me to try your yeah, case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I really like trying cases, but people are so much better off, and so we settle a lot of cases. And then my law partner has made a career out of, Michael, try this case, and they give him money. You know? Okay. <laughs> so, and then, and I'll tell you, that's one place where it's kind of cool, where, to, where, like, I tried a case back in, like, mid-'90s where I brought in five experts. Okay, I had five experts, so they were just ranking up the bills. Okay, tried the case, and we lost. Okay, but... During the trial, there was a bunch of adjusters. They're the people with the money for insurance companies that came and watched the trial. 
at the end of that trial, I spent like the next year, like just friggin' raking up settlements like crazy. Oh, I bet. Because when you try cases and they know you'll try cases, they know you'll do a good job, they're less likely to ever settle. Oh, a I case. see. They watch like, you perform and they go, this guy's good. This Let's guy, no, this guy's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's yeah. batshit. Yeah. Yeah, You're that's, the wild card. Yeah. I'd talks, love to be the wild card. 60 words per minute with this yeah. guy. We can't yeah. do it. <laughs> you just come in guns blazing, like, don't right. let me put yeah. mic on you. Pew, pew. Like, that's you in your back office. <laughs> but lots of times you end up trying the really tough cases. Yeah. You know? And I mean, like the Somali guy, you yeah. know, I mean, right after the stab, right. that was not the place to be. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so, but you do it and you convince them that, no, we don't want this guy to have a good case. Because if he has a really good case, I had this case one time, this fabulous, well, I hate saying fabulous. The case was these kids that were on senior skip day. Okay, and they were driving down. They went to the Mall of America, Senior Skip Day. They get hit by by a guy with a very big company. I almost said it, but almost with a yeah. big company. They get hit by this guy who was a first responder. Okay, he didn't help them. They're in the ditch screaming, and he didn't help them, which has always led me to believe he had been drinking. They never found it, but th there was always a question Something about there, yeah. why would this guy not do it? And that was a case I thought, I will not settle this case. I'm going yeah. to go forward like with blinders on. And I still remember when I case got sued out, the defense lawyer calls me up. He's like, the adjuster says you won't call her back. And I'm like, I don't want to call her back. Just, just I want to go forward. And then finally we settled it because yeah. they offered enough and the clients had to take it. But that was a case I really super wanted to try that case. Yeah. But it, it, clients are so much better off without the stress of trial. I mean, I, I yeah. years ago I had a case where we ended up getting the client, I think, in her pocket two or three times what their last offer had been in her pocket from the trial. And if you called that her up today, she'd say, I never wanted it. That was the worst experience I've ever been through. Because, yeah, I mean, you got somebody up there calling you a liar. You got yeah. doctors up there saying it's not true. You listen to all this crap. And it's like, for some people, it's like, that's not good. No, yeah. and just so. time. I mean, even just stopping yeah. your life and putting all your energy into that. And that's a lot. I'm used to being called those things. But anyway, what what um, are there ever things? So my understanding of – I watched the Netflix documentary uh, This was about stairs. About oh, stairs. the staircase. The staircase. And they left the impression on me that I hadn't had before, hadn't thought about, I guess, is that experts are all – they somehow intuitively know, like, if the defense lawyer is calling me to do this, I just – it's not said, it's not a corrupt thing, but I just – all of a sudden advocate for the defense. Do you, you know, are there people like that out there that I, you know of? I Or you think? I try to really, I, I like my experts. So uh -huh. when I use an expert, I really want, one of the best things an expert can tell me is your case sucks. Yeah. Get rid of it. I mean, really? they'll save you me a lot of happen? money when okay. they do that. I mean, when yeah. I bring them in and they look at it and they say, nope, sorry, you don't have a case here. It's like, you know, that saves me a ton of money because I'm going to lose this case eventually. So I want experts that'll tell me the truth as far as it goes. Um, but there are times when some experts say some things that are just like, are you kidding me? And I got this thing, you know, where like there's some lawyers who will go to a, 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 a an adverse doctor, which is somebody the insurance company hires um, to see somebody and tell them they're not hurt. And they'll be like buddies with them before the devil. Hey, how you doing? Everything good? Uh, how's uh -huh. golf going? How's the line? I won't do that. So I've had circumstances where they will like want to shake my hand. I'm like, you're saying my client's a liar. I believe my client. Yeah. Sorry, we're not buddies. Yeah, we're not. You yeah, know? we're gonna go it's fishing. Not that we're being mean, but leave me the frig alone. Yeah. I yeah. don't want to be your buddy. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of have that little extra edge sometimes that some people think's wrong or unprofessional, and I don't know. I, 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 I was gonna ask you that you too. Know? Is with the gamesmanship between you and the defense attorneys are there ever guy 
I don't know. Do you see tactics like that where you feel like it's more personal or do you get in trials sometimes where you go like this is this isn't even about this thing. I hate that. I get along pretty I good. Like, I get along pretty good with defense lawyers. There's a couple I really don't like. The ones who have told me one thing and do something else that lie to me. There's no really? reason to lie to me. That there's no reason for that. Um, that does so, happen. Yeah, like does. like like to where they'll say what's an example of something. Well, they'd say I, I'm not going to call this right. witness. You know, I, oh, okay. I won't call exactly. this witness, and then boom, next you know they're calling the witness. Uh-huh. Uh, you gonna surprise me? You should know? you should go <gasps> like shock. We had an agreement. Anderson. <laughs> we had a side agreement. So, um, but I get along pretty good. The only thing every once in a while you got to watch your client because there's our. I, I I had a trial where a client like the fourth or fifth day of trial left this message like you're in league with them. It's like are you kidding? No, I'm not really in but, league with but them. Because in league we with were it, right. friendly, he thought that somehow sure. we we're on their side because he wanted. I, you know, I can see that to if some I'm, degree. If I right? saw my lawyer shake hands with like and like talk like laugh whatever, I would secretly be like oh. Heck no. Like, I would be weird about oh, it. I, 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 you know, I got to admit, I do have that gear sort of where it's like, you can't be fucking friends with No, that I'd be like, we don't I'm make fu- eye yeah, contact with them. Him. And we wear pink on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, so, you know, there is that that I got to keep an eye on. and But overall, I get along pretty well. I just don't go golfing with them, and I'm not friends with them. We don't go d- to dinner with them. Yeah. Because um, they're not my buddies. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I just don't. You know, as far as that goes, but so you you do um, view yourself as sort of a, I, I guess I mean not view yourself you probably are but a bit of a crusader. I mean whatever you're fighting for what's right in there in yeah, your I, mind. I I hope so. I hope I'm fighting for what's right. Me too. I try not to be like you know Don Don Quixote going after windmills. Or yeah, going after fights you can't win because uh, you'll lose a lot of money because you can get involved in some things that that you can spend a ton of money on and lose. And so I've tried not to do that. Every once in a while, real major insurance injustice will really bug me. So every once in a while, a case will come in that, like, people in my office like, why are we wasting our time on this case? Because, like, because they really got screwed by the insurance company. And I want to help them. And that's why. And and go outside. My name's on the door. I get to decide. That's right. Um, But I, you know, I I try not to do that all the time, you know. But it was really hard during the the, uh, open window we got a lot of phone calls from people that like, got abused by their neighbors or got abused by their brothers or stuff. And it's like, there's nothing to get there. We could go through a pile That's of stuff. That's a horrible uh, thing to have to say, I sort know. of, right? Like, and, and they're like, well, you're yeah. just in it for the money. Well, yeah, but well, why are we I, I want to get this? paid, but yeah, yeah. I want you to get money too. Yeah. And to go through all this for nothing right. is, you know. And so you got some people that would get mad at you. And my one of my favorite ones was talking to a client and at the end of it, I was like, um, she starts screaming at me. No one will give me answers. I'm like, I've been giving you answers for like the last 10 minutes. She's like, yeah, but I don't like those answers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, but they're answers. Thanks for admitting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever lost a case and the client just turns you and go like, I knew you're a fucking idiot. It's like, <laughs> whatever. Where they like sort of blame you in a sense, like where you take it. I don't know. Unfairly blame. I, I, I don't know that anybody's called me an idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's got to be clients out there that are upset with things that I did or that were upset. I, you know, um, it, where I see it more, <laughs> and you can find these. Um, go and if you go and look at like our some of our reviews on Facebook, uh-huh. it's mostly people that I talk to on the phone. 
that I spent a decent amount of time with on the phone, and then they ripped me because they didn't like the answer sure. that I gave them. And like, then People I get this shitty truth. review, yeah, and yeah. it's like, I, really? I, you know? And then I call them up, and I'm like, so what did I do wrong? Well, you know, and and. Uh, so no one's ready for the call up. No, hard, they're by like, the way. And really by the way, even if somebody, if I text somebody and they call me, I'm freaking out. So I can't imagine if I like did some negative review. I'm very review direct like that. And they, they go, oh my oh. God. Like, you know? I, I'm very direct like that. And I got to say, it's because I used to be super um, meek and shy and whatever. And then you just kind of learn like, oh, if you just confront people, they're every bit as scared about, as you. Like, maybe it's, it's because I'm a millennial, but getting a phone call is like daunting. Like I will text it's like all day. But, like, it's yeah. intimate. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, like... Oh my God! Call like that's oh my! Like I have to answer this now. Right. Like how's my hair? I've only known you. For I <laughs> yeah, I've known you for two years. Um, yeah. That's... Um, and we're gonna get out of here, but I, but I I, I want to ask too. Do you ever see your clients get to where you like this person, you're on their side, happy with everything, but where you see them grow enamored or whatever of the money and sort of start becoming. Well, it's 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 that thing I was I was talking about a little bit before is I do feel super bad when you call a client or you talk to a client right after the closing and they're like, oh wow, that was unbelievable, that was really good, and the jury's probably gonna do what you said, and it's like, mm, you know. What about uh, when they get it though, where 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 it's more like you feel like you're doing this for you know very honest reasons or something, and where they're kind of like, oh, but the money, you know, two million, this is great. I, I don't know. Do you ever see that where you I go? See, to me, that's not my job. Yeah. You know, if they want to use the money, you know. Uh, but it still hasn't put see, you off how, personally. How, 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 do I, how do I say this? Um, I, I many, many, many years ago settled a case and the guy showed up to get his money. And with him was two potential people that might have been on your show at some point. Yeah. And, a couple and, of pros. And, and, he was, yeah. and he was and they were in a limousine. I bet the money wasn't there on Monday. You know, that's not my job to worry about what they sure. do with it. You but did know? you at least tell them, like, do two, but do it staggered? Why well, would you do two at the same time? Yeah. Like, just... That's... Spread out the that's, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't... They I might fight. That. No, yeah. You know, I, um, I... No, I... You know, there's sometimes I get that's I'll your tell, job, I'll, but I'll, you don't have the mo like where you go like, oh, like no. come on, I put all this energy into this. And I, I I will tell clients sometimes one of the best things you can do, okay, instead of put because I'm sure I've got offs. clients, I've got I, I get clients that probably have every single dollar they've ever got in their mattress. I mm -hmm. mean, they have it all, and I have other clients that lasted a week, you know, mm -hmm. or whatever. I I will tell clients sometimes it's probably worth after everything you've been through to take some percentage of it and. Do whatever the hell you want, whatever you know, vacation, yeah. whatever sure. it is, and do it, and then use the rest, however you know, in some way. Um, I had a case where a young, uh, a young uh, guy died, um, and when his mother got the money, she used it to buy a house. And I remember going to see her for whatever reason sometime later, and her sitting there and saying, "He always told me he was going to buy me a house someday." Oh my and god! It was god. like in ways one of the coolest things, but also just kind of chilling. Yeah. to know that that's what happened. Um, so, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's not my job to be their manager their whole life. It's yeah, yeah. Their job to get them what what I can get them as much as I can, and then they do what they do with it. And I'm just I'm I'm not ignoring you. I'm actually looking at our Facebook because uh, to see if we have any listener questions for you, real quick, before we get you out of here. And oh. wow. There's a bunch, uh, and I just posted just like not long ago. There's already at least oh, cool. at least 
He's at least one. No, at least 20. No, no, no. There's at least, at least 20. At least one in here. Let oh, me see. It, it says. <laughs> He's seen this. Okay, so first one. No, there, there's a lot. Um, let's see. So first one. How dare you? Make? No, no. How dare you? It just says. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for that. Yeah, I know. Okay. How about this? So I'll I'll not ask you how much money is in your wallet right now at this moment. Well, right but. now I probably have like uh, probably about 120 dollars on me, right now. Can As I, I borrow, walk out in North Can I borrow I get dollars? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm about to have. I'm in a bit of a tight spot right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it's probably Josh. He's a little bit bigger than you are. So that was his name, right? No, Jake. 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 I was okay, gonna. Jake. I, I was gonna glaze over it, but anyway. Um, Sam G. Johnson asks, "How would you imagine a superior legal justice system, and what are some steps or changes that could get us there?" Mm. I, I, I really. That, like, such a dunk. In compared to the rest of the world, I love our system. Okay. As goofy as jurors can be, the idea that the average person can get on a jury, that an average person has people like us that will take their cases, they don't need money to hire the lawyer, and we'll fight for them, it's a great system overall. I, it's so much better than, say, you know, a judge just saying everybody with a soft tissue injury gets a dollar or $5 or $50. So I think we have a great system that sometimes has flaws in it. Um, it works well. Yeah. Okay. So Even though there's sometimes when you can call me up and I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, because I've been sort of sick and recently with the Epstein stuff again of where you just go like, oh my God, if you have money in this system, it is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Have you ever seen an, seen an example of that yourself where you go like, oh wow, money is just like, you know, people get away with murder with that stuff. Well, I mean, there's a lot of examples out there. The O.J. Simpson trial. I mean, one that you that you've personally, that personally yeah. involved in. No, at no point I've ever had so much money that I'm thinking, Woo-hoo! no, no, no. I'm saying like where you're against them, where you go like, oh, they just embarrassed no. us with money. No, like, uh, yeah. that, and that's a big reason why you need to get a personal injury lawyer who will take on those fights. Because yeah. if you get somebody who's like advertising that they won't charge you for costs or that they'll only do it for 15% or 20%, they're probably running at a shoestring. Yeah. And and there's times, I mean, we had What's to- What's your percentage? In a trial, we get paid a third plus we get our costs back. Okay. Um, uh, we had a case Doing where we had to shut down million. a road. We had to shut down a road uh, the week before trial. Um, we had to get the road plowed. We had the cops come down to close the road. We had to pay some guy to get on a, on a motorcycle and lay down a skid mark. So he could prove that this one skid mark didn't come from this motorcycle. That cost a lot of money. Yeah. And unless you were ready to do that, you know, um, if you had a firm that would just go, oh, no, sorry, can't do that. You would never do that. And that made a big difference in that trial. There's every once in a while, I'll go in and look at all our files and think, I have a lot of money in all those cases. Yeah, yeah. There's a ton of money there. Yeah. So one day when I just finish up and just collect that money, I'll be in good shape. Yeah. But, you know. Do you it's, ever, um, if you see something happen in the newspaper or, you know, whatever, do you ever, you know, quote unquote, ambulance chase, although we'll say a lot more tastefully? You, um, you can't, like, I can't call somebody. So if, if somebody's in an accident, I can't call somebody, hey, come see me. You know, so I, and I don't do letters. So do Some firms Brad do that. Sean, Brian. But that's the reason why we, we ran it. the hell out of it, because you want those I people really to think well. we should call Seeking them. Seeking justice right. for so. the future. <laughs> All right, Andy Gabatino says, who made me a knife once and presented it to me after the show. Very nice guy. Nice. Um, so if I answer this as well, I might get a knife. I hope so. <laughs> the knife. Do they take cases even if they know their client is trying to pull a scam, if they think they can win? Uh, I think 
you've already answered yeah that. I, I answered that is if, oh. if i thought someone's pulling a scam right. i'd just not do it now Have there's times been, on yeah. criminal cases where i'm like yeah i know he did it you yeah. know and, and really? he's not going to get on the stand and say he didn't do it because he can't i can't put this person i got on a the question stand. for you then about that with defense mm-hmm. stuff I, mean, I was like thinking so my default in life is to be like so i trust you know to me it'd be like he's a defense lawyer like he gets a fucking score like my instinct would be to say, like, well, yeah, I mean, I did this, but here's, here's what. Like, I, I would totally you know, tell. I, I'm 100% that way. Is that what would you advise a potential defendant to do? Like, tell their lawyer Don't give a the actual the truth? Like that. Right, right. You know, that would be the first start. How about it, to their it lawyer? It helps. You know, like, I'll tell clients <coughs> the more you tell us, like, in a personal injury case, the better off it's going to be. I mean, if I find out you're an axe murderer, I'd rather know that today versus in the middle of trial yeah. defense lawyers isn't it true you're an axe murderer yeah. well yes I am dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know? the plot so, thickens so I would want to know that because it may be something that we can't I can't fix that here's an interesting one so uh, Justin Ducks hey wait. Justin shout out to nah, Justin nah this isn't Justin's Fuck a good you, guy Justin. but this question's stupid <laughs> no I'm joking he says uh, can I really sue if I stub my toe on the sidewalk outside your house you Just probably could gonna... but you wouldn't get anything how about um, okay Graham Temby this is a good Good, very good question. Oh, what's their name? Grant. Graham. Okay, Graham. Temby. Graham. Do they keep files on claim adjusters? Um, on claim adjusters, uh, I don't know that I keep files, but I have like a thing in my head. Mm-hmm. So, like one one of the interesting things is in the mediation. Sometimes we'll have the mediator go in and ask after they say their last number, go in and ask for a little bit more. In my heart, I want the client to get some more money. So I mm-hmm. hope they say yes and give us more money. But really, when someone says this is my last number, I want it to be their last number for negotiation purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably people out there, I would say probably, that I don't ever give them my top number because I always know they got a little bit more, you mm-hmm. know, because it's always there. So it, 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 there's a running total in my head. Is I, so I was in the, I, uh, my, my family owns furniture stores up north, so I grew up doing okay. sales and all this when I was young and, you know, when it, and... I laugh all the time during negotiations because just how absolutely overmatched people are all the time and how they'll just indicate like, you know, like, well, well, we definitely want this, right, honey? Yeah, okay, yeah, let's get it. Would you do it for 400 <laughs> or whatever, like right now? And it's like, oh my God, <laughs> like, no, I won't. Oh, okay, well, well, we'll, you know, we'll still do it. Do you have any funny negotiation moments like that? I'd imagine you're all dealing with very I, sharp know, people, had, but I've had cases where, like, you know, clients have come in and said, "All I want to do is get my girlfriend a tattoo," and, was, and I was amazed <laughs> I don't by want the this cost case. of the tattoo. Yeah, yeah. But, right, right. You know, so it was kind of cool because I knew what number I had to you get. You had to get, them. yeah, I had that's to get them this funny. number so they could right. get the poor gal a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so yeah, there's there's things that happen that are weird negotiation sometimes i've uh, i sent an adjuster a uh, two two of the things i've done is i sent an adjuster a note saying that my client who had been bit by a dog running now has to run with slower people <laughs> and then the other thing every once in a while insurance companies will go crazy on what's called miss cases that there's not much damage to the car so they'll be like we're not going to offer much money because you know there's very little damage to the car and that means your person couldn't get hurt which is total garbage there's oh, no okay. connection between the damage of the car and the person inside it, it just doesn't fit what's so, an example of that like uh, you know where someone gets like yours a yeah, little so bit i have a nissan juke it's a not a very expensive car and the bumper oh, was it's our fault you have a shitty car now we 
So the bumper had only, you know, like a like a big dent. They just replaced the bumper, and the price wasn't that much. And so they said that to me, and I was like, "But my car moved. Yeah. Like I have yeah. I, my car literally, my very heavy car moved. Right. Like so, like moved can we like a foot to the side? Uh, or, yeah, or you know whatever. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so they were like, you know, that kind of shut them down because they're like, "Well, the price to fix it was only." I'm like, "Yeah, they." I'm sorry, I'm sorry I have a shitty car. Like, yeah. No connection. No. Yeah. And, and so I had a case where the car was totaled, okay? They sent the adjuster a, a letter saying, as you can see, the car is totaled. My client is dead. Please provide us with the policy limit. And he, like, called me up and goes, your client isn't dead. He's been treating. No, no, no. Have you looked at the photos? He's dead. <laughs> right. And the, the adjuster was like, well, I'm no, not I seeing said, no. it on the paperwork. Have you or... looked at the pictures? He's dead. I mean, you yeah. have to pay a lot because yeah. he's dead. And then he's finally like, "Oh my God, you're such an asshole." Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. That's awesome. Fuck. That's it. That's my favorite story of this whole thing. What is this? Is a great question, actually. Um, Craig Rudolph Jr. asks, uh, "What's the biggest pair of tits you've ever seen?" <laughs> wow. Out to uh, here? Or like here? I, this I, is a, yeah. Don't. I don't know. I there was a there was a, a bartender in a in a bar uh, in Wisconsin that was like unbelievable. <laughs> it was like I, I think she's actually there's stories about her. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, and all I can think of, and this is how I am a girl brain, is like, is there stories of her like knocking over drinks by accident, <laughs> like. <laughs> That's a lame I am. You know, and, and then there's like, you know, I remember going to New Orleans when I was in my 20s. <laughs> and, 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 and seeing a, seeing a grandmother that now probably now I'd think, no, she's probably 40 year old. At yeah. That point. Oh. It was like, oh my God, she's so old. Um, I had a really fun time with this podcast. Oh, do you cool. have something? No, wanna... I just want to make sure because um, if uh, for editing purposes, make sure then you say like, how can somebody reach you? Oh, of course. No, thank you. We can be found at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's our website, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or 24 hours, 800-770-7008. So if someone wants to find you, they would go to <laughs> minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Oh, good. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, no, that's uh, – you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to stamp on my Gabe No official – 16 diamond rating and uh, recommendation. Oh, pew, cool. pew, yeah. pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Absolutely. No, so thank you very much for doing the show. And uh, I had a great time. Let's see. All right. That was the episode with Michael Bryant, the great Michael mm -hmm. Bryant, a great man, a humanitarian. He did not try to take advantage of me in any way. No, not this time. No sexual contact, no non sexual no. contact. No. So, all um, above. Closed. Totally above board. Yep. Um, I'd love to sue the man. Mm -hmm. Can't, Can't do, it. do it. But um, so yeah, yeah, he lives the life, man. He's passionate about it. So uh, check him out. And uh, thanks for uh, watching, listening. <laughs>